to start. <laughs> I love it. That looks fantastic. John, go ahead and lead us off, baby. You know what to do. All right, everybody. That's right. This is Tuesday night, and you are with the Wrestle Talk Podcast, the only place to be. And we are here tonight. I've got my co-host here with me, the Night Owl, Renee Martinez. How you doing tonight, Renee? Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal members of the WrestleTalk family, man. I'm doing great personally. Professionally, over in the FWWC, one of our board of director members was recently attacked, so I'm a little concerned. Shout out to the FWWC. Love what you guys are doing over there. Um, personally, though, I'm great, bro, because it's 5 o'clock somewhere, and somewhere happens to be the Wrestle Talk Podcast Studio. So to everybody out there enjoying the show, grab yourself an adult beverage and join your boys as we pull up. John, as I pull up, why don't you tell the people what you've been up to, bro? You know, just same old stuff, you know, just and uh, just real excited for the shows. Shout out to Andres Suarez. From WDWA Wrestling, shout out to Max Morrison, Robert Berkeley, yeah. And tonight we have titled the show "East Coast Swing" because we have two great guests, both from the East Coast tonight. And our first guest in the first hour is going to be the Commissioner of the WDWA, Gavin Jackson, and you know I'm excited to talk with him. And then in the second hour, we are going to have Big Country. So this is going to be a good show, and I, I can't wait, man. I tell you, I'm awfully excited. And I've been talking with the guests. I know they're excited. So, Well, let me tell you something, JP. I'm excited because I love to learn everything that I can about professional wrestling, whether it's in the Midwest, out West, on the East Coast, where you guys are at over in Virginia, Maryland, uh, Massachusetts, New York, uh, New Jersey. I mean, that area up there is a like like a haven of professional wrestling. And I'm always giving you heat because I feel like you guys are so spoiled. Like literally every weekend, you could go to three separate shows. And here where I am, particularly in Kansas City, if there's a show every weekend within driving distance, you're pretty lucky. So let alone there being... Friday shows, Saturday shows, sometimes Sunday shows over on your end of the good old US of A. Little jelly, but you know what? We're doing our part because there are some great promotions here in my area as well. The whole KWA, KCXW, DWF. We talked to those boys just last week or two weeks ago. Shout out to them. Their show's coming up on uh, Saturday. So make sure you guys check out Dynamic Wrestling Federation, Journey Pro Wrestling, still killing the game. And the list really goes on and on. Obviously, Cape Girardeau and beyond. I was specifically addressing the Kansas City area. But uh, all that said, we got a lot to get into tonight, bro, because the world of professional wrestling is a buzz. And we weren't here last week. You know what that means, Hoss? That means we got to work double time to cover all this with the members of the Wrestle Talk family. Does that sound fair? That's fair to me. All right, let's do big things, ladies and gentlemen. You know how we kick off the show. Every single week, we ask everybody to respectfully remove their cap. Neither of us will wear one. 
But if you are, remove it. Put your hand over your heart as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's America, damn it. Can we get the volume up on that? I can't even hear Carl Lewis. Listen, can... Rick Glenn. There it is. <laughs> it's a little better. <laughs> oh man, I love it. There. Does that sound better? Does that sound a little bit better? Well, or same? Still, still not a lot. Okay, well, we'll get that worked out. Here's what's amazing about what we do here, guys. We're actually both running boards at the same time. So I don't see any other podcast trying to do what we do live. You pre-record, guys. I give you all the credit in the world with the editing and all that. But you could do that sitting in your boxer shorts and a pair of socks. What we do is live, baby, and when we goof up, everybody sees it. <laughs> That's the tough part, bro. That's the tough part. Well, before we move on, man, let's go ahead and put that ticker up and give a huge shout-out to all of our wonderful sponsors. Hardcore Hoss, if you do me a favor, go ahead and throw those up. Now, I know them off of memory. I just want you guys to look at them, go find these fine folks, on social media and give them a follow starting with our boys over at everything combat jay hollywood ufc hall of famer pat milicic doing their thing in the mma world all love and respect of course king Cade, arcade the home of the world's premier pro wrestling watch parties hosted by the wrestle talk podcast and the fwwc we are back for survivor series ladies and gentlemen we will be having a watch party over at Kincaid at the Oak Park Mall. Moving on from there, our former home of the watch parties, Esports Bar KC. Still nothing but love and respect for those guys. Shout out to B-Will. We know we love you, bruh. I-70 Sports Media. We're doing some pretty interesting stuff with them. You're going to be able to access the Wrestle Talk podcast potentially live over at interstate70sportsmedia.com. Our partnership has continued to evolve and grow. And as you guys know, they're covering everything sports along I-70, all the way up to Chicago, all the way out to Topeka, and everything in between, basically Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, everything kind of in this area, I-70 Sports Media's got you covered. Shout out to Adam Frex, shout out to the maestro, Jeremy Carb, and the rest of the team over there at Interstate 70 Sports Media. Also, Royal Mills Transportation, if you happen to come into Kansas City to one of our watch parties or whatever else, Hit up Royal Mills Transportation on Facebook for all your transportation and travel needs within the greater Kansas City area. Painter's Dream Production hooking us up with the website. Now, John, I don't know if you've gone over there recently, but we kind of revamped the website. We added a Twitter ticker so you can keep up on our Twitter account there. You can catch all the newest episodes, not only of the Wrestle Talk podcast, but also of the FWWC tonight which is our sister podcast covering exclusively the world's pan premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the fantasy wrestling worldwide chapter. Have you had a chance to check out the website? Cause we kind of got things updated and it looks pretty crispy. Got to unmute yourself, my guy. Don't forget. 
Force yeah, habit, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, really had a chance to really dig into the website, but I have uh, been there and just generally glanced over it, and it it's looking pretty good from what I've seen. Well, here's what you're going to love. I just sent, a few months late, my bio to Skywalker. So soon there'll be a bio page with a description of all of the hosts of the show. You guys know it was Joe and Rick and it was Joe, Rick and myself. Now it, for a long time, it was just Joe and I, then we added John, Jeremy, CJ, and of course, Luke Skywalker, Roberts and big sexy Chris Rodell. So our roster has expanded and we want you guys to get to know us. Lastly, Rathbun Engraving, home of the Wrestle Talk podcast mug, 20 bucks, uh, with your engraved name on it, plus shipping, you can own one a day. Just shoot us a message and we'll get you hooked up. Also, dude, and I love the sponsors, but when the sponsors and family can, can, can join, I think that's always a good thing. So I got to give a huge shout out to KC Rentals, Me Fiesta KC Rentals for all your party needs, costumes, decorations, music, whatever it is you need for your kid's party. Me Fiesta KC Rentals, and last but not least, you guys have heard me name drop so many times already, the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the FWWC. More information on them, by the way, that's a, one of those pages that got updated on the website, WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. I'm going to say no more other than WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling i think we got some good things going on over there if you love wrestling you love role play you love championships everything except physically getting in the ring and wrestling that's what the fwwc offers and we also test your wrestling knowledge by making picks for championships i can't really describe it any better than that how'd that sound hoss did i did i do a good job of summarizing the fwwc i think that was smooth Yes, I, I believe you did. Yeah. The kid is on fire, baby. Well, guess what? Shout out to Rick Ruby. Shout out to Sis. Shout out to Lucha. Shout out to Aaron Wallace. I love all you guys. But we got to move on with tonight's show. Hoss, what are we doing next? You know it. We're going into the high spots, baby. Yeah, courtesy of DJ Money. Love this song. Hit it, baby. Mmm, that's really low, too. Sounds like it's, like, coming off your phone or something. Okay. Oh, you can cut it there. That, that's, that doesn't sound very good. We're, we're going to get the... Uh, the drops figured out because it sounds like the drops are like a million miles away. It's awful. Um, but we'll get it fixed. Technology, we're always working. We're always uh, looking to improve. Well, anyway, we're in the high spot segment. That means anybody and everybody who is tuning in right now is welcome to join. All you got to do is say, put me on. Hardcore Hoss will shoot you a link and you can join us because we, unlike everybody else, Actually, give a damn about your pro wrestling opinion, right, Hoss? We want to hear from the members of the Wrestle Talk family and 
and see what they got to talk about, what they want to talk about, because there's a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling. I know you and I could pretty much just eat up this whole segment because I got a bunch of stuff I want to cover, but we're not like that. During high spots, we like to give back to the gente, to the people. So again, if you guys want to come on and you got something interesting to talk about, shoot us a message on any of our social platforms and we'll bring you on. That's just the kind of guys that we are. Right, Hoss? That's right. No, that's right. Come on, man. You're missing that's your cues. Right. There it is. <laughs> I love it. All right, baby. Let's go ahead and get into our first topic. Hoss, you're the man of the hour. Why don't you take us in? All right. Well, you know, you, you almost have to start off with, since it's been two weeks since we've been here, the fact that Big E is now WWE champion, man. We got to start with that. Okay, so I think that there's like very few moments in wrestling where everyone is like in conjunction with an opinion. Like everyone agrees. So here's what I think everyone agrees on, and I'm going to tell you what I think everyone, what, what everybody's disagreeing on. Everyone agrees that Big E was due. It, it could have happened six months ago, and the reaction would have been the same. I mean, everybody knows what a credible athlete, entertainer, uh, you know, his stick work is incredible. Everybody knew that six months ago, a year ago, maybe even more, Big E had the skill to be the world champion. Was he given the opportunity to do so? Many would say no. But I think we can all agree, right, Hardcore Hoss, that Big E was due to be a champion. That's a yes or no. What do you think? Do you think so? Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's been due. And even people who aren't the biggest day, the, the biggest New Day fans, if you're a real dude or girl and you recognize real, it's hard to deny that Big E was ready to go. I mean, considering the big stakes matches that he's been in, not only as a single, but as a tag champion, multi-time tag champion, he was also on the biggest stage on NXT because a lot of people forget I believe Big E was the first ever NXT champion, if I'm not mistaken. And if he wasn't the very first, he was either like second or third. And maybe Rollins was one, Big E was two, whatever. But very early on in his career, say six, eight years ago, the writing was already on the wall that the dude had what it took to be a champion. It just took them so much time to figure out how to evolve him to a point where he was a credible top champion let alone that I believe he's the sixth African-American heavyweight champion in pro wrestling history. That's a nice caveat. Not necessarily the biggest deal to me, because I think as important as it is, I just think a great guy became a world champion. It's cool that, you know, that he has a, a kind of a story uh, building up to it. It's cool that, you know, he's black and that's all that's cool. It's a nice caveat, but the dude's work is what earned him that. And he even tweeted something about like, yo, um, stick that um, quota up your backside if you think I'm champion because of the color of my skin. And not me for not one second that I believe that had anything to do with Big E becoming the WWE champion. So, again, this is what we all agree on. Here's what I think people disagree on, and I want to get your take and the take of everybody. Uh, Shaft is in the house. Shout out to you, man. Much love. Uh, always appreciate a, a veteran of your prestige being in on the podcast tonight, man. Very, very awesome. Um, but here it is. So, Hoss, people think that Lashley 
did not deserve to lose the belt in that fashion. Now, could you have made him look any better? He defeated Randy Orton with um, with uh, Matt Riddle at ringside. He basically overcame the odds to a certain extent and retained against Randy. Hurt his knee, and he was selling that knee after that table spot, right? Um, immediately after the match, or I think he put Riddle through the table after he beat Orton or, or whatever it was, and then comes in and still does like a solid three to five with Biggie Langston. So some would say, well, Night Owl, uh, what do you mean they didn't do it right? Uh, uh, you know, they made Lashley look super strong. But I mean, you know, at the same time, I, I could have definitely gone at least one more pay-per-view with Lashley as the champion and then give E that platform on a bigger stage, potentially Survivor Series. But, you know, if this evolves into another Goldberg thing, whether it be with Lashley or Big E or whatever, I'm just going to kind of shake my head at it and, and ignore it completely. But the bottom line is, and I think the point of contention is, did they end up doing Lashley a disservice, Hoss, by taking the belt off of him in the fashion that they did? What's your opinion on that? You know... I, I do think that, you know, they tried to put Lashley over as much as they could. I mean, they made Lashley look like a beast through this whole thing. They did. and uh, But but you knew it had to come to an end somehow, some way. And, and how else could they have done it? I mean, it, it's hard to beat a beast other than just going straight at him. Right. So that's where I think the, the argument stands that um, – that Lashley looked strong throughout this whole process. I just, I was just so enjoying his title run. Like you, you felt like this was the Bobby Lashley that we had all been waiting for and anxious about for years. And we finally got this, this Lashley. And I know it seemed like he's been champion forever, but Roman's been champion a whole lot, heck of a lot longer than Lashley was. So I just hope that they do right by Lashley, not just the night that they took the belt away from him, Hoss, but beyond that moment into the future. Uh, and they did. They did him justice this past Monday. He was in the triple threat, main event match, and he wrecked shit. So, so far, so good. I just don't, I just hope that he doesn't lose his momentum. Now, I'm going to jump into my my high spot, but it ties directly into yours. And I promise you, because everybody's been begging, we are going to be talking about NXT 2.0 in about 5.0 minutes. <laughs> so here it is. Do you believe that the bloodline versus the New Day, Big E becoming champion, the triple threat match from last night, is a direct knee-jerk reaction to the incredible shows that AEW continues to put on, not just on Wednesday, bro, but also on Fridays. They have been on a roll since the pay-per-view, and every show I've seen of AEW since CM Punk appeared has gotten a 3.5 super kicks out of five or higher from the night out. Because, you know, that's how we rate things here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, right, Hoss? One out of five super kicks, five super kicks being the best. One super kick being trash. Every single show, in my opinion, that AEW has had since the pay per view has been a three point five or higher. And I think Vince McMahon, knowing a hell of a lot more wrestling than I do, is probably picking up on the same thing 
and trying to do things to counter it. My question is, do you believe that all these things we've seen over the last couple of weeks from the WWE are a reaction to what they're seeing on the other side of the fence? Oh, definitely. I, I do believe that, you know, Vince is seeing what they're doing. He's feeling the pressure and he feels he's got to do something because if he doesn't, you know, he's, he's afraid that the viewers are going to go over there and, and they probably would. Um, because you know how wrestling fans are. They're, they're so fickle that, you know, they'll go be watching AEW this week and then WWE does something and they, oh, well, let, let's run over here. And this one's so good now. And then, oh, well, we got to go back over here because this one's good. You know, that, that's just the way the fans are. And I think Vince knows that and he's trying to uh, he's trying to prevent that before it actually happens. He, he wants to keep the fans where they're at. So I, I do agree with that. Uh, where'd you go, Night Owl? <laughs> uh, there you go. Sorry about that. I had a little bit of a connection issue there. I wanted to reset. Uh, so, yeah, well, I, and I was able to hear you. Thankfully, I could hear everything you were saying. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think that's a legitimate point, and I think it's something we need to continue to look out for because the Wednesday Night Wars definitely, in my opinion, didn't live up to the building. It's almost like NXT tapped out. And they tapped out and made wholesale change. And that's what we saw with NXT 2.0. Before I go off on a tangent, Again, guys, you're more than willing or, or more than welcome to join us by letting us know that you want to come on by dropping a comment saying, bring me on, and you can join us here uh, for a short snippet on episode 363 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. So speaking of NXT, JP, John, Hardcore Hoss, I don't know if you saw the whole show. I don't know if you just saw snippets. Give me your initial take on NXT 2.0. You know, I actually haven't had a chance to go back and watch it yet, but I do have it on DVR. But from what I've been hearing, you know, a lot of people, I've heard some people that really do like it. So, um, Are you familiar with the old NXT? The way that they had it with all the black and the yellow and all that? Yeah, and I, I've seen the new logo with the with all the different colors and everything, like the tie dye shirt style. Yeah, <laughs> listen, bro. You know what they're trying to do, and and I honestly I don't like it. Okay, hold on. A <laughs> lot of different directions, <laughs> and I see a lot of strong takes, guys. We can put them up on the screen, or you can join us and give them to us yourself. We still got about ten minutes uh, left before our first guest. The one and only Gavin Jackson, the commish, joins us here on episode 363. Uh-oh, Luchador wants to come on. Let, let me give you my take, then we'll bring Luchador on, and I'll keep it brief. The definition of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now, I know I talked to my buddy, my buddy Kyle on his podcast uh, where he talks football and wrestling. Shout out to K's Corner Podcast on YouTube. Give my man a follow, but tell him that the Wrestle Talk Podcast sent you. The definition of don't mess with it if it ain't broken. 
I think that's what NXT is going through. Now, I wasn't necessarily happy with what we've seen in NXT like the last year or so, but I wasn't down on it. I just felt like they were in a little bit of a down, down moment after peaking for so long. I mean, for the last four years, I've sat here and argued that NXT is the best wrestling on TV. And in a little bit of a downturn, obviously, you know, AEW took a little bit of that shine away and, you know, Raw and, 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 um, you know, SmackDown going to Fox took a little bit of shine off of that. It, it didn't feel as underground anymore when they put it on TV on a regular basis. Like, I thought it was kind of cool that I had to, like, you know, have to, I had to have a WWE Network account to be able to watch NXT. I thought that was always cool. Like, I felt like a like an insider. But then they, like, put it out to the masses, and it just didn't feel the same anymore. And I felt like they could have fixed it. But this, this is a ripoff of what the NWA is doing. Studio wrestling, they basically ripped off, in my opinion, and you can call me crazy if you want. When NWA Power came on initially, um, this is what it looked like. The way that the stands were set up, kind of like the distance of the crowd to the ring, kind of the feel, the vibe to it. And here's the sad part. As many resources as the yellow and black brand had, they still can't make it good as the NWA. So they're trying to do what the NWA is doing with the studio wrestling thing, but they're not even doing it as good as them. And I'm not saying like Billy Corrigan is some schmuck with no money, but he ain't a billionaire like Vinny. And it just, I thought I was going to get something different from everything else on TV, which I thought what that's what I was getting with NXT. But they, they repackaged it, splashed a bunch of different colors on it, and basically are ripping off a show that they can't even do better than. I just, I'm having a hard time with it, bro. And the reactions, uh, if you want to read that comment off the screen by Rick Ruby, go ahead, John. But I just, <laughs> yeah, our, our man Rick Ruby here, he, he says the yellow brand is now the fruit stripe brand, only 30 seconds of flavor when watched. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Strong take as always from our boy Rough Cut Rick Ruby. Bring well, in so much heat always. Always. Well, the world the worldwide desperado luchador wanted to come on. Let's do and it. He is backstage. So let's and I got some messages that. coming in. So I think some other people want to chime in on high spots. Hey, hello. Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. What up, buddy? What up, everybody? Thanks for being here, man. What's your take? Bring it. Well, let's just say this. Last week's episode of NXT 2.0, for me, it was pretty good to watch some new faces on NXT 2.0 again, especially Rick Steiner's uh, little boy. I guess he goes by uh, Baron Bruiser, whatever. I forgot the I forgot the new name. But he Ron is, uh, Breaker. Yeah, Braun Breaker. Yeah. In his first match, he beats L.A. Knight. Then at the very end of the show, I guess he gets a handshake from the now current NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa. I, I think we're going to see a, probably a championship match between those two pretty soon. Well, uh, Lucha, I, you watch just as much wrestling as me or more. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who don't know, Braun Breaker – happens to have a fairly famous father. <laughs> One that is both famous and infamous. 
Yeah. Do you happen to know who that is? That would be none other than. Let's see. He he went by many names, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna name the one that he went by in WCW, the Dog Face Gremlin, Rick Steiner, <laughs> Big Papa Pump. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right. So Braun Breaker shows up at NXT 2.0. This is of course Rick Steiner's son. Challenges LA Knight, who's in the main event. Another thing that didn't make sense to me. You've got a guy in a four-way uh, for the championship with Dunn and the new kid and Ciampa, which, by the way, Ciampa was, in my opinion, him and Dunn were the only two that were, like, credible options for champion in this match. I think they kind of just narrowed it down to, like, two out of the four. Two of the guys, to me, didn't really have an opportunity, realistically, from a storyline standpoint, as someone who watches it. And then... You give LA Knight a match to start off the show and then you put him in the main event and expect people to think that he has a chance of winning when we already going into the no into the show kind of for those of us again that pay attention, we're like, okay, in this match, it's probably either gonna be Chomp or done. Mm-hmm. So I, I it just didn't make sense to me, bro. It's cool that Breaker was there. Don't think he should have beat LA Knight because LA Knight was a champion like last week. But he's got a great look, but it's it's not developed. I mean, he looks great. Just his outfit was terrible. He was just in a singlet. He kind of yeah. looked like Mojo Riley, if I'm going to be honest. Same energy, same singlet, same goatee. They didn't really do anything to make him stand out, but maybe that'll be part of the storyline progression. I'm interested. I really am. But let me ask you a question, Luchador, and then we'll let you go so we can uh, move on to our first featured guest of the evening, Gavin Jackson. Did you have a favorite match at the first NXT 2.0 show? And if so, explain why it was your favorite match. Because I think they're behind all the new colors and the new presentation. The wrestling was still great. Just a lot of unknown faces. That was a little hard at first. But Mm -hmm. there's always a silver lining, in my opinion. And when it comes to wrestling... It's hard to compete with NXT because they got some incredible talent. They got this faction that's like Death Row Records. I mean, they got some good stuff going on. But what was your favorite match and why? Well, to be honest, it had to be the main event. That fatal four-way between uh, Tommaso Ciampa, LA Knight, um, Dunn, and I forgot who the other one was. The the new kid. That's what I'm saying. It was hard to invest in the main event because you didn't really know much about the new kid whose name I still don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you've been following LA Knight, he just lost his belt. So it wasn't a natural progression for him to become champion. I know. Why, why did you think that that match was the best of their first show? Because they obviously wanted to come out with a bang like AEW did on their very first Rampage. They had a huge main event for that as well. Uh, which I yeah. believe was like the third, fourth, or fifth labor of Jericho. I think that was the first match on rampage if, if i'm not mistaken the first main event yeah. sorry yeah well to correct you there the first main event on rampage i think it was uh Britt baker taking on uh red velvet and oh that's right that's when she defended in pittsburgh yeah right. In hometown. right right okay my bad yeah but big match either way right like right champion right so okay good well i love the feedback lucha uh anything you want to plug or any shout outs or anything before we let you go bro well, let's just say this. Um, 
right now I'm watching NXT 2.0 and looks like we're going to have quite a good Cruiserweight Championship match right now. Kushida. Kushida and Roderick Strong. Strong. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything. So I know some people want to watch it during uh, after this show. So I'll tell you, it's good right now. So let's see what happens tonight. Kushida all day. And for those Kushida fans out there like me, you know why I'm pointing mm-hmm. at my watch. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Luchador. Much respect to you, man. Keep killing it over in the FWWC, man. We hope to have yeah. you back on again very, very soon, man. You have a good one. You too. Good night, everybody. Adios. Good night, Lucha. Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how much AEW you watch, but have you been – I mean, how much AEW you watch, but have you been paying attention to Fuego del Sol? I, I have seen him, yeah. Dude, he is on fire. Now, he continues to get destroyed by Miro, but he's got, like, this this cult following, bro. If you guys don't know anything about Fuego, I've seen him wrestle in person a few times, but the dude is contagious. He's got the luchador mask thing going on. No accent, though. Crystal clear, kids from Alabama. It's funny, Jericho's, like, uh, he was doing commentary during that match on the last Rampage, and he goes, yeah, Fuego del Sol hailing from the lucha-rich state of Alabama. <laughs> or or a, or a state rich in lucha history, Alabama. It's of course you know Jericho cracking me up during the broadcast. Well, anyway, enough of my shenanigans. And you're right, Susie. I am a little bananas, b a n a n a s, Gwen Stefani style. But I'm crazy in a good way because I'm ready for our first featured guest of the evening, Hoss. Oh, let's yeah. go ahead and get this thing going, baby. Speaking of bananas, let's get it on like Donkey Kong. Oh yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our first featured guest tonight, he is a man with very many accolades, and he has been from a wrestler all the way up to the commissioner of WDWA. Let's welcome in the one, the only, Mr. Gavin Jackson! Can y'all hear me all right? It's the Kamish. Oh, yeah, baby. What up? What up? What up? <laughs> How you guys doing? It's our guy. <laughs> That's right, the Kamish. That's right. The big hoss in charge. Bro, Gavin, I, I know you know that I've been a fan of your work all the way from the gold Midwest. Been following you since the Covey Pro days. Uh, but yeah, bro. But I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna let Hoss go first because he was nice enough to book this interview. Shout out to Andre Suarez, uh, you know, for facilitating as always. Yeah. But I'm going to let my man Hoss take the lead because he knows way more than I do about this subject. And I want to let him, uh, you know, t- get us off on the right foot. So, yes, uh, Hoss, man, man, it's on you, bro. Go ahead. Hey, man, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, we uh, we appreciate the fact that you came on and we appreciate your time here, Gavin. So, uh, like I say, you have been through so many different things. You know, you've been a wrestler. You've, you're now commissioner. You're um uh, your color commentator, you know, you've been in so many different roles out of all the roles that you've been in, which role do you seem to like the best and why? Oh man. You know, be completely honest. uh, I love them all for different reasons. Um, Obviously I have to go for uh, being an in-ring talent is definitely, uh, there's nothing like it. It's, it's a drug, whether people are, are cheering for you or whether they're booing for you, you know, when you're in the match, you know, it's, you know, you could take a machete to the face as long as people are still cheering you, man. You feel like you could go. So uh, 
there is no second to being in the ring. But as for being a commissioner, uh, being color commentary, I've done some referee stuff, some management stuff. Uh, man, I just love it all. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I hate when people use the words mark because if you're not a mark in the business, then you should probably get the hell out because that's where all your love and passion comes from. And, uh, yeah, I'm a huge mark for the business. So every time I can learn uh, any different role, uh, commentary, referee, uh, I love the commissioner thing. I love going out there with a live mic freedom to say, do whatever I want. Uh, coming back after a long hiatus to uh, a huge crowd pop, man, you guys have been great for me. Um, yeah, man, I just love it all. I'm hoping one day to to get in some booking and, uh, you know, who knows what the future holds. But I love it all, man. All right. Well, I, I know as commissioner, you know, you make a lot of, a lot of big decisions. And I saw the other day where Kevin Mears actually wanted you to book a match between himself and uh, ISP, Israel Sharif Fakur. And uh, I, I saw that you granted that match this coming weekend. So what else can we look forward to this weekend at uh, WDWA? Uh, so you're right, man. I, I booked that match. Uh, our world champion wanted it. I think if there's anybody to shut ISP up, uh, it would be Kevin Mears. Kevin Mears uh, deserves everything that he's gotten uh, from day one. There's nobody in the business that's working harder than him right now. Um, and ISP has been a snake in the grass, man. And if there's anybody to step on that snake and you know send him away, it's going to be Kevin Mears. Uh, but as for this weekend, uh, we got us a fresh card. So we got returning to WDWA. We got the freak. I'm looking forward to that. He's always been a big fan favorite and hell of a guy to be around. Uh, he'll be going one-on-one against Eric C. Jones. Uh, not a lot of people are a big fan of Eric C. Jones and, and what he brings to the ring. But I got to say, uh, you know, I love the guy. I think he's great at what he does. Um, definitely, definitely to me, high I hold him as a high regard on the roster, and I think uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table later on. Uh, we also have the Dominican Wonder, my man Ishman Martinez. Uh, he'll be going against Dance Dance Lucha, Lucha Libre, a name so nice you got to say it twice. Dance Dance Lucha Libre. Um, and Dance Dance Lucha Libre, he's uh, subbing in for Demarcus Kane, who's unfortunately out with uh, a COVID outbreak. Uh, we wish him all the best here from WDWA. Uh, we also have the boss, Bo Ross, versus the SoundCloud sensation, Anton Nathan. That's another one. Uh, both these guys up and coming. You know, I love watching guys that are hungry. It's a lot different than a lot of guys that have been in the business forever. These guys want it. So, you know, when they come out there, they're going to give you it your all. Um, and we have yeah. our light. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we have our light heavyweight championship on the line, uh, Wild Man Robbie Page. Uh, no introduction there. The man's been all over the place. He's he's freaking phenomenal, and he'll be going against uh, Mr. Chris Andino, who will be bringing us a little bit of that Andino heat. Uh, I've shared the locker room with him a couple a couple times, man. He, he's another great guy that uh, deserves every opportunity, and I'm looking forward to that match. <clears throat> we just saw that, and I see he's your guest tonight. The seven-foot-plus big country is making his return. Uh, I've unfortunately been on the opposite ring of him. I know what he brings to the table. That guy chokeslammed me almost through the ring. So we know when he's coming to town, you know, it's he's bringing some force, and he's bringing uh, 
a young guy. I don't know too much about him, but his name is Hobo Harry. So we'll see what uh what he's got. Uh, you know, honestly, big country so big and crazy, man. Hobo Harry can just hang out in the corner, yo, panhandle, and he'll probably still get the win. But anyways, they'll be going up against Big Mike Strong, who, man, if you guys want to talk about a rookie breaking in, I mean, if the presence of this guy is just amazing. Uh, Hoss, I know you've been presence of this guy. I mean, this guy's arms are as big as my chest. Uh, big, big guy. And uh, he'll be tag teaming up with Kalen Patrick. You know, Kalen Patrick's another guy. Uh, he runs his mouth and a lot of people want to shut him up, but uh, he's another guy. I'm looking forward to see what, uh, how he develops over the years. You know, I think he's very talented. Uh, also we have our, Six foot four, 245 pounds, Rock Richards. Uh, I've seen this guy in the past. I've shared locker rooms with him. Uh, he's one of the veterans that a lot of people look up to. He brings a lot to the table, and he'll be going up against the six foot nine, 287 pounds, Zach Ramsey's. Who've, uh, this guy's been on a roll here in WDWA. So uh, he's got his hands full with Rock R- Richards, but at the same time, Rock Richards, you know, he's going to have to. Put Ramses down. You know, he's been hot here recently. And then our main event, you know, like we just mentioned, we have our world heavyweight champion, Triple Fears, Kevin Mears, going one-on-one for the world title against Israel Sharif Fakur. Uh, I know that uh, Doug Rafferty will be in the building, and uh, he'll be doing color commentary. As for myself, I won't be able to make this show. Uh, WDWA is really trying to bring forth a women's division. And uh, I've been working really hard and contacting uh, a lot of female talent throughout the United States. So I'm going to do a little bit of traveling, uh, see if I can land some more female talent to bring in for a future date. Uh, we're hoping that at the end of October, October, we can have a tournament for a new WDWA women's title. So, uh, yeah, man, I've been talking to some uh, second generation, some third generation wrestlers, some women that have been on uh, AEW Dark, some women that have done some matches uh, for WWE. So I'm, I'm really trying to uh, my best uh, to do what I can for WDWA, and that's to give them the best show that we can. Uh, sounds like a good show. I can't wait. You know, I'm excited to be there. And uh, I'll tell you what, I don't want to monopolize the – excuse me there. But he, I don't but want he... to monopolize all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me throw it over to my partner there, the Night Owl. I know he's got some questions, and he is just clamoring. So, Night Owl, go ahead. I am, bro. I appreciate it. So, Gavin, like I said, bro, you know, WrestleTalk's been around for a while, and we've done a lot of business with you, like, kind of indirectly over the years. You know, Joey out there, um, I, I don't know if you knew, like, one of the original hosts, a guy named Rick Rose. Yeah, I was a uh, big uh, fan of yours. Yeah, I was close to those guys. Uh, when they first started Russell Talk, I, I would come on and he'd help me promote myself as well as the shows I was on. Uh, you know, I've hung out with those guys. I uh, I remember Rich, uh, we, we shared a cabin together for one big event and, uh, you know, hung out with a bunch of guys. And, uh, and it's very unfortunate uh, what happened to, to Richard Rose and uh, you know, my prayers go out to his family. Yeah, no doubt about it, bro. And the craziest thing, in my opinion, was that, like, he never wanted to leave WrestleTalk. He just got a, a an opportunity in, like, the paranormal world. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Network television and all that stuff. So he left, and he was like, yo, Night Owl, bro, please. Like, I don't want this thing to die if I leave. And not that it would have, because Joe's a hardworking dude, but it, this is really a two, three-man 
operation, right? Like commentary is great with one guy, but there's only one Joey Styles, right? Like you yeah. usually need more than more than just one guy. And you know, when I stepped in, I was proud to do it. But what was crazy to me is that we were covering this company. It was a Covey, Covey Pro, and these guys were always talking about Covey Pro. I'm like, dog, I'm in KC. I'm a Florida boy in KC. I can't get out to Covey. I'm broke. This is yeah, like yeah. six, seven, eight years ago, right? But man, the stuff that I would hear about uh, and the talent that was working during that era always astonished me. Like I always felt like, man, there's something special. And then even though that went away, you guys have found a way that a lot of the same talent has found a way to kind of stay in the business. So I know that's a roundabout way of asking a question, but I have to ask you, you've been a tag champ, a singles champ, you, you're doing commission stuff. I mean, you've done everything. What keeps you coming back to the well, bro? Cause you obviously you have a nice house. You take care of yourself pretty well. It looks like, but like wrestling keeps, you know, I don't know if you're a Godfather fan, but there's that line, like every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in, right? So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a curious. Huge Godfather fan. If I turn the camera around, you see a bunch of Godfather posters. Dude, my guy, <laughs> all right, bet, bet. So we could definitely correlate on that. But yeah, so what is that thing that draws you back into it? I know everybody likes to get over and likes to get recognized and stuff like that. But I, with for a guy like you, in my opinion, it's probably a little bit deeper than that, man. Can you Can you get into that with us? Yeah, man, of course. Uh, I'll try my best to explain it. Um, it's sort of how I started off the show uh, with you guys. You know, wrestling is like a drug. Um, you know, once you get a taste of it, you're going to keep coming back for more, you know. And at the same time, it's also very frustrating, you know, if things don't go your way or, or, or you do put your heart and soul into it. And, and what you see as an outsider or whether you're you're in the mix, you know, it, it could get to you, you know, it can, it can uh, raise your blood pressure, you know, and uh make you take that home with you, you know, and then you're, you're, it's like being at work, you know, you bring it home, you know, it, it kind of messes up your home life. If you're not, your head's not right. Um, but yeah, man, like really it, it's a business that takes a passion. If, if you're in it to make money, if you're in it for fame, you know, get out because you're doing nobody a service. Um, you got to find these hard guys. And that's why I mentioned these guys, you know, like Kalen Patrick and Mike Strong, you know, some of these young guys that are on this roster, you could tell how hungry they are. You know, I've shared locker rooms with them. I've trained with them. You know, I've, I've shared the ring uh, on some training nights to try to show them a little bit of things. And I can tell who's serious about this and who's not. Um, but yeah, man, even with all the accolades, I mean, uh, it, it's, and man, I've had injury after injury. I've had, things not go my way. I've had to travel up and down, you know, I, I, money in the wrestling business. I try not to care too much about, but, you know, at the same time, you know, gas costs money, you know, and things just aren't, aren't always uh, what they seem, but uh, man, just in a nutshell, man, it takes a passion. It takes uh, something that you need in your blood and you either have it or you don't, man. I've seen guys come in that, that just don't have it. I don't know if they're not athletic or what. They just don't have it. You know, it, it takes more than than uh, than just passion. You do have to train your body. Uh, it doesn't tickle to even hit the ropes. I mean, you have to train your body to hit the ropes. Um, yeah, man. So it's just that, that's just the best way I can explain it. You got to have the passion. You got to have it in your heart. You got to be willing to fall down and get back up. You got to be willing to uh, deal with promoters and deal with, you know, things you're not going to like, because it's not an easy business. You got to have tough skin to get through it. Well, I think you'll agree with this because I heard it like at a seminar 
that I was uh, I was getting ready to do some commentary, and I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Bob Evans. Maybe it was Ricky Moore, and I can't remember exactly. But it was like one of those, it's not on you, it's in you. So, like, you can put on the gimmick and put the face paint on, the mask, the singlet, whatever the hell it is that you do. But if it, it doesn't start in here, then there's nothing you can do out here to yeah. spark that flame. Like, it's it's there and there's no way around it. I, I think that's what I'm understanding you say. Is that fair? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I'm trying to say. You know, I, I've seen guys come straight off the football field, real big, jack, athletic guys that want to walk in and uh, think it's a walk in the park. And I've seen them last one day, and they're gone. They're gone forever, never to, to come back in the business. Uh, it's not just an athleticism. It's not that. If, if you don't have it inside, man, you're going to go nowhere. Um, that's just how it is. No doubt about it. No doubt. So to, just to switch complete gears here, and, and if you've ever watched the show, by the way, you said earlier, I love big guys that are hungry. If you love big guys that are hungry, just tune into this show every week because there's probably going to be two big guys that are hungry on the show. I'm just telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you bro. That, you got to bring enough for everyone, man. That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah, if it ain't a baker's dozen, it ain't a dozen at all. You know right. what I mean? Yep. So transitioning. So you got a lot of confidence, bro. It, it, it comes off of you. It oozes off of you. You got the charisma to be in this business. You look the part. You sound the part. Where do you get your style, man? Do you have a style consultant? Is it your girl? Is it just – do you just kind of do this stuff yourself? Is it a combination? Because you got some swag, my guy. I'm digging it. You know, man, it, it, it's just me. I, You know, I <laughs> I got to put my hat on go to work, you know. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's just the way I grew up, man. Yeah, I like I, it. Now, is that your tee that you that you're wearing underneath there? Yeah. So, uh, custom creations cut me a little t-shirt gimmick. You know, it's got my symbol on it and Gavin Jackson written on the back. Uh, I got some pink, some blue, some black. I could probably get any color you need. <laughs> but custom creations, you know, that's uh, Andre Suarez's business. Uh, we actually do the shows inside the store uh, at 605B Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Uh, yeah, man. Custom creations all the way, man. Give I you like that. Give you thing you need. Yeah, but, by the way, and before the, the boss yells at us, uh, he did say October 9th, just in case you guys were wondering. Big things <laughs> going down on October. There it is, baby. Yeah, October 9th, Ricky Reyes is coming in. <laughs> yeah, Ricky's coming in, baby. Big things are going on, and, and I'm excited about it. Now, I, I have to ask you, as a commissioner – Obviously, you're not a traditional, you know, big tie and all that. So how do you think your personal style uh, reflects on the way that you work as a commissioner? Because that's a pretty important uh, position. And, and in many ways, you're kind of like the face of the decision makers from being a competitor to being a face of authority. Because I know you're a bit anti-authority, anti-authority as a competitor, but now you're it's like Kane, right? Like Kane was slamming people, putting Vince McMahon through tables, hitting Linda McMahon with tombstones and all of a sudden he comes out and it's corporate cane and now he's a commissioner. So yeah. how have you added some of Gavin Jackson's style to the commissioner position? I'm curious. You know, once the commissioner position came up and I was offered it, uh, of course I'm going to jump on that. I mean, it's something that, that I've been digging for a while. Uh, but then, you know, I go home and I think I'm like, man, man what am I going to do? You know, I, I'm not a suit and tie guy. Uh, I don't want to go out and lie to the people. Uh, so I kind of got to find a little bit of a balance. You know, I try to wear a dress shirt and I, I try to do that, but I still got the swag, man. I got the earrings. Gotta have the swag, baby. You know, but because that's what I do, you know, if, if, if I didn't present 
Gavin Jackson to the fan, then they'll know I'm fake. And and you can ask Hoss, man, when I come out and I start the show, <clears throat> I'm shooting from the hip, man. I'm not out there selling BS to guys. I just give you guys my heart. And whether even whether they like it in the back or not, you know, when Gavin Jackson's out there, I'm on me time, and uh, whatever I say is real, man. It's how I feel. Uh, when I when I promote the show, it's something I love. If it's something I didn't like, I wouldn't promote it. Um, and that's just kind of how I'm doing the whole uh, commissioner thing, man. I, I got to be me. I'll bring it to the table. You know, uh, just to be blunt, if WD doesn't, WDWA doesn't like what I do, I mean, they can they can replace me. It's their it's their company, you know. But I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from uh, the ownerships. Uh, I've got a lot of positive feedback from the fans, the workers in the back. Um, everybody's been real real great and uh, receptive to the way I've been handling things. So yeah, man, it's just been great, and I just gotta be me, man. No matter what position they give me. You see, and that's what I'm always saying. Like even on this or when I'm on commentary, I always gotta play the straight guy. But just because you're straight doesn't mean you have to be stale. You yeah. can look sharp and, and be funny and charismatic just because you're the straight guy doesn't mean you again doesn't mean you have to be stale. Folks, I hope you're taking notes listening to my man Gavin Jackson. Cause I've been saying that. I'm like, dog, just because you're the 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 commissioner or the general manager, or whatever. There you go, baby. The fans are speaking. Just because you're that guy doesn't mean you gotta be the suit and tie guy. Like add your flavor to it. Like put your salsa on the tacos. Here we go yeah. back to food again. I don't I don't know. That's the show in a nutshell. We always end up back on food. But but yeah. anyway, okay. So I see the flavor, and I'm going to go personal here, but in a fun way. Give me the top three songs on your playlist right now so people get an idea oh, of what man. you're listening to when you're working out, out for a run, doing your errands or whatever. Dude, I don't know if that's a good idea, man. My music ranges everywhere, you know. <laughs> no judgment here, my guy. Zero. Oh, man. Uh, type top three. Let's see. Uh, wow. Okay, so we're talking jogging, running, working out kind of thing. You know, I got a I'm a big movie buff, as you can see, a big movie buff. So, you know, I always got soundtracks playing in the air, you know, anything from Rocky. Uh I know it sounds crazy, but I'm a big blood sport fan. I love the the theme, the blood sport. Uh th- these are the type of songs that just pump me up, you know. Uh, but on top of that, you know, I, I dig a lot of rock, uh, a lot of 80s hair bands. You know, I'm a big uh, Skid Row fan, Motley Crue, Poison, Def Leppard, uh, you name it. I love it. You know, I, I, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. I'm all over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but but it mixes up. You know, I'm a big Ray Charles fan. I love B.B. King. Uh, you know, I, I love uh, old country, you know, I'm all over the place, man. I, I just love music. I love old hip hop. I love, uh, you know, punk music. It just, it just depends, man. If it's good, if it's written good, if the message is good, you know, it's cool. If, if it's trash, it's just trash. Man. It's trash is just trash. <laughs> well, speaking of trash being trash and good being good as a pro wrestling. And you said it at the beginning of the interview, you're like, I don't get guys who are in the business who aren't marks. Like, I, I don't get that part. You don't ever graduate out of being an obsessed fan, which is essentially what like a mark is to a certain extent, not in the old, you know, term with the story, with the chalk that we've all heard. I'm talking about like in, in present sense. So if you are that still self-professed, what do you watch when you're not working at a show? Are you watching AEW, old school stuff, new Japan? What, what does Gavin Jackson like to watch for enjoyment or homework from a pro wrestling perspective? So I'm a, 
I'm a big old school fan. Uh, it's very hard for me to adapt and enjoy the new product. Uh, I watch it. There's there are some things that I like, uh, and there's some guys and gals that I like, man. But I find myself critiquing it and not being able to enjoy it. Uh, I love the old school stuff, man. The old '80s, old NWA. Uh, I know it's not a lot of people aren't a big fan of it, but early '90s, like '90, 90, '91, you know, with the Steiner brothers, Flying Brian, you know, Tom. Bro, you seen Rick Steiner's son? Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I'm a, I'm excited for that. You know, I'm hoping that this uh this helps bridge a gap between the Steiners and uh, WWE. You know, maybe we'll we'll get to see some Hall of Fame or some figures made or something like that. You know, I'm a big Steiner Brothers fan. I love it. Uh, That's one tag team that never gets talked about when you start talking about the greatest tag teams ever. Many many people just gloss right over the Steiner Brothers, and I think that's a a big mistake. When I was a kid, you know why I liked the Steiner Brothers, Gavin? Because I thought it was like real life Mario and Luigi. Like in my <laughs> mind, that was Mario and Luigi wrestling. So I was like, boat it. I mean, I mean, you know, they kind of had the singlets, the colors. I was like, <laughs> Super Mario wrestling. And it, I'm just a little out of my mind. But nah, man, I, I just loved it. I mean, Steiner Brothers were great, you know, because they were family, you know, and, and they were coming after guys like the Briscoes, the Fonks, you know, guys that were legitimate wrestlers that could just really kick your ass. You know, there's no storyline. Dude's going to kick your ass. And, uh, man, that, they just felt so real. You know, I, w- one of my favorite matches, not too crazy about the ending of the match, but one of my favorite matches, man, it was uh, Steiner Brothers versus Sting and Luger. Oh, man. Like, I remember oh. match of the year. It won match of the year, man. And just just the excitement as a kid, uh, you know, with, with those four top uh, baby faces at the time, man. Running, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I like to see, man. Like old. I'm a big Brian Pillman mark. You know, I love old Brian Pillman. Uh, his kid ain't bad either, bro. Oh no, I like his kid. He's really man. not. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what direction uh, his career is going to go. Um, I like. Well, they got him feuding. I think they got him feuding with their top heel right now. They got him feuding with MJF. Yeah, so that's okay. a good sign, in my opinion. Yeah, I just don't want him to be a carbon copy. I see that they, they're trying to, to do the, the tag thing and stuff like that and kind of like have his career follow his dad. Hollywood Blondes, Varsity yeah. Blondes, yeah. Which is cool for the nostalgia. But as for him and where his uh, future holds, man, he's going to have to break away from that and be himself. I do like that he kept the Pillman name. Uh, I just don't want him to – be too much like his dad, you know, be something new. I, and I think he's very talented. And I so think we, we had him on um, and we asked him about that yeah. uh, early on in his career, like during his MLW run. And I was like, so what are you going to do to make sure that you don't like, carbon copy? I don't know if I use the word carbon copy, but that's kind of what I was um, alluding to. And he goes, Hey, if I was, don't hate me. That's my dad. Why wouldn't I want to be him? He's yeah. like, but what's odd, even without having a long-term relationship with my dad, because I think he died when yeah, before he was 10. Right. So like he was a kid, but he's, he's like, what, what's crazy is not having that relationship will come to find out after talking to all his old friends and all this and that we like all the same stuff. He's like, I love hairband stuff. I love this. I love that. And it just so happens that that's the same stuff that my dad loved. And he's like, you know what else I love? And I and I was like, "What?" He's like, "This sweet freaking hawk, baby." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Hey, bro, you do you?" Because I wish I could grow one, and I can't. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> Looking like Joe Dirt, I'm like killing the game. <laughs> uh, 
it's so cool, man. It, it's so cool. Yeah. Well, let, let me jump in into something else and talk about sure. switching directions here. Yeah, so everyone's aware of the Ric Flair situation. You yeah. can't speak on it. You weren't there. Neither was I. But I guess I want to ask you a general question based on that situation. Right. So you've been in a lot of pro wrestling locker rooms. And I think that as these stories come out, wrestling's starting to get kind of like a stigma about it. And I'm afraid about that, that there's like maybe a lot of sexual predators, a lot of people being weird. It Within wrestling, it's kind of like, to a certain extent, people look at it like, a, like an extension of the circus. That's where it came from. Let's be honest, right? You've been in a thousand pro wrestling locker rooms. Tell the people out there that 99.9% of wrestlers are not doing stuff like what is being alleged. Because I've been in quite a few pro wrestling locker rooms myself. People have been respectful overly kind in some situations going out of their way to make sure that they're being mindful of, of, of other workers, family members. And, you know, Hey, if I made your kid upset when I went out there and was doing my thing, I'm sorry. Like I've seen the opposite of what, what the picture that's being painted in present day about what wrestlers are like and what happens within pro wrestling circles. Speak on it, bro. You've been in a thousand locker rooms. What has your experience been and then maybe if you want to touch a little bit on how we handle those sort of situations within a locker room, because I think we got to be able to check each other when shit like that's going on. Somebody's got to go like, hey, bro, like that's just funny, but you're going to get us all in trouble. And 30 years yeah. later, guess what? <laughs> He's getting people in trouble that were like just there. You know what I mean? Didn't even participate. Yeah. But now everybody's having to answer for it. I think it's a great lesson, but I'd love to have you speak on it, Gavin. All right. Well, well I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, you know, I don't want to come off pointing fingers or, or saying anything that I'm not supposed to, but you're right. Like I wasn't there, but this is my opinion. Uh, so just talking about the Ric Flair thing first up front, I mean, it was wrong. Uh, I hate the fact that somebody I look up to made those bad choices uh, and it sucks. And if there's consequences that come from it, can I, I'm sorry, but you know, it's, it's the bed that he made. Uh, and it's just going to suck. You know, it's no different than, uh, you know, I was obsessed with Chris Benoit. I thought he was one of the best of all time and having to deal with that. I mean, th these are grown, grown men uh, making their own grown choices. So it is what it is with the Ric Flair thing. I'm not the one that's going to throw stones at him. But at the same time, like uh, his fans deserve uh, an apology as well as uh everyone involved. Um, I know that he's come out and said some words and things like that to kind of not defend it, but uh, at least explain it. I know uh, mental health and, you know, he was an alcoholic and maybe some drugs involved, you know, all of that comes into play. Uh, and if you're not getting the help you need, it can easily uh, stray off and, and take care of a whole, or it would start a whole new life of things you don't want. So he's a new man, you know, he almost died. Uh, and I think he has a different outlook on life. So I think the Ric Flair that would explain that situation now would not be the Ric Flair that was there drinking, you know, sitting for hours, things like that. So uh, do I think people deserve a second chance? I mean, I, I'm, it's not up to me uh, to do that. It's everybody's got to deal with it on their own account, make up their own choices. Uh, but it starts with him coming out, apologizing, apologizing. Uh, letting everybody know, you know, he's not perfect and that he's learned from mistakes. I mean, that's the very starting point. Uh, as for where that goes from there, I mean, he's got a big hill to climb right now. And uh, there's a lot on his shoulders. Luckily for him, he's got a lot of supporters and things like that that 
will hopefully guide him in the right direction on how to communicate what he really feels about that situation so that everybody understands uh, how he feels on the inside. Uh, so hopefully he doesn't get blacklisted, you know, mental health's a crazy thing. Um, as for being in a locker room uh, with the stigma of the locker room met with everybody being horrible people, man, that's my experience. That's definitely a hundred percent wrong. I have never been in any sort of group or sporting event or whatever you want to call it, where grown men and women have actually got together and like prayed and things like that. I've never been around so many people that, uh, that are religious and they, and they wish, uh, and they wish everybody uh, to be safe and things like that. You know, it's, it's not all, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol back there and sex and things like that. I mean, I've, you know, people throw it around a lot, but you know, people call people, Hey bro, you know, Hey brother, Hey this, because we do feel like a family and we should have each other's back. And if uh, people need to vent and stuff like that, man, everybody needs to be there because everybody's out for themselves. Yeah. We're, we're private contractors, but in the end, you know, we're one big group, you know, we're, we're a bunch of crazy people, but, <laughs> but you know, we're a unit of crazy people and uh, we just got to have each other's back. Uh, and if somebody notices something, if somebody notices somebody, you know, not acting right, man, then uh, it's, it's your job to speak up and, and uh, try to pull somebody to the side. I mean, you can't just, you got to be tough enough to attack the problem and at least speak your mind, you know, if you're not, uh, if you're not strong enough or, or willed enough, you know, take, take somebody with you, you know, but you can't just let people go and do things you don't like, you know, cause unfortunately you're going to be guilty by association and it's not fair to the business for a couple, uh, a couple people to mess up, you know, and ruin it for everybody else. So it's, the stigma is definitely wrong. Uh, just everybody's got to look out for each other. That's all. And I think we all have to be mature and understand that it's out there and be willing to defend what we believe. Like if that's what people are starting to seem, assume I'm never like, I, here's, I'll be honest. I met a lot of closet wrestling fans. Like they won't talk about being wrestling fans unless they like see you with like a bullet club shirt. Bro, I, I worked with you for 10 years. Didn't I? I'm like, bro, you talk about football, you talk about basketball. It's a lot of closet wrestling fans. If we started being out more upfront about it, by yeah. the way, pro wrestling is killing the game right now. Yeah. TNT, USA, Fox. I mean, come on, bro. Come on, yeah. right? Not only like, you know, the, the movie stars and all, everything else aside, I think we can't be afraid. And then when people start to see that, like, hey, there are some pretty credible people out here, people that are, uh, are servants of their community who also love pro wrestling, that starts to shake some of that stigma of it just being a bunch of carny people that yeah. are like in professional wrestling. I think we all play a part of that. Not only the workers, but also the fans. Is that fair? Yeah, that's that's really fair. Uh, I've been a fan my whole life, uh, and I've definitely sort of been a casted out, you know, one, once it came to light, man. But to be completely honest, I have never closeted being a wrestling fan. I don't care what people think. If they, if they don't want to be a part of, of this life, more for me. Uh, I love it. You know, it, I don't care. I, I don't judge people for watching golf or whatever they watch. Like it's not me, like I don't dislike you or anything like that. I don't think you're, you're crazy for liking that stuff. It's just not me, you know, but I want the same respect, you know, in return 
that I'm a wrestling guy. My family's wrestling people, you know, like, uh, you know, it, it, just because one person doesn't get it, you know, man, as you can see with AW uh, selling out places and WWE selling out places, merch everywhere, man, wrestling doesn't need people hating on it. You know, who cares? You know, if, if, if the whole world don't like it, man, we're still going to succeed because the ones that are here, we're passionate. We love it. We're going to be here no matter what. We're marks, damn it. <laughs> That's right. I, well, I don't want to be selfish, and I think I want to – I really like Gavin, John. He's a good guy, a lot of great feedback. But I'm going to throw it back to you, bro, for any final thoughts or questions you might have before we get into shooting shot tonight. So we've seen you as a wrestler, you know, holding multiple championships. We've seen you as color commentator. We've seen you as – referee we've seen you as uh commissioner what is next for gavin jackson oh man i don't know man doors always open for opportunities i i would love to uh get into booking and uh you know maybe eventually down the line maybe have my own company uh that's where my passion is uh, i love telling stories i love uh being able to provide entertainment that makes another person happy. You know, I love seeing smiles and whether they're loud cheers, whether they're loud boos, you know, if I'm the one bringing that to you, uh, man, that just means the world to me. It's, it's sharing what I love with you guys. Uh, and if I can have the opportunity to maybe, you know, book some things and, uh, you know, God willing, maybe have my own company one day, you know, it, to me, it's all about just sharing my love and passion for it you know, and having uh, the fans experience what I feel. So, yeah, man, really, I'm open up to anything. I'm not against getting back in the ring. Uh, maybe that's down the line. Uh, as of right now, I, I it's still on hiatus. Uh, I'm, I know what it takes to be in the ring, and I'm, I'm not ready right now. I still need, still need my time. Um, but that may be down the line as well, too. You know, you never know. Well, you know, we are we are really happy to at least see you back in the capacity that you are in. So, uh, agree. It, it's great to see you back at ringside. We really missed you when you were gone. Oh man, I, that means more to me than you could ever imagine. You know, uh, one of my biggest fears is being forgotten. You know, and uh, I was afraid when I took time off that people would forget. And bro, you got fans all the way in Kansas City, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> What are you talking about? Get yeah, they're talking about. What are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, man. And that that's what I mean earlier when I said, you know, I, I came out and I was introduced after taking a year and a half off. And uh, man, the and I and I left top heel. You know, I had people, you know, chase me away with, with pitchforks, you know, when I when I left there. And and to come back and uh, and hear the pop that I got just just for people to be glad to, that I was just in the building and 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 being able to uh, to experience whatever sort of entertainment I could bring to them. I mean that that touched me more than you guys could ever know, man. So so Hoss, I, I know you, your sister, everybody else, yeah, that come ringside to see me or or both of you guys for having me on Wrestle Talk. Anybody that's uh, that's taking Gavin Jackson, you know, in or listen to anything I've said or watch any of my matches. I mean, I, if I, if there was ever a time to uh, say thank you, I, mean, I just thank you guys from the bottom of my heart, man. It means, it means more. Pleasure. Than, you know. 
All right. Well, do you have any more questions for him there, Night Owl? No, listen, I just want to say one more thing. We're going to take a very brief break, and then we're coming back with Big Country. I heard this guy is a giant. And we've had some big guys on the show before, but this this is exciting. And his his choke slam hurts like hell. No, and you know what? I'm starting to realize something. I think we should have called today's show not East Coast Swing. I think we should have called it the GOATs because Gavin's goatee is on point. You like My that? goatee is beautiful, and wait till y'all see Big Country's goatee. This thing is a thing of beauty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Last thing, Gavin, thank you for being one of the few guys that comes on here and doesn't have on a black T-shirt. Now, today's not a good day for me to say that because I got a black polo on. But, bro, I love the color in the shirt. Everybody's got a black wrestling T-shirt. You coming out here with the pink, my guy? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Man. It's beautiful, my guy. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Give us the social. When are you going to appear next at a pro wrestling show? And then we'll get out of here. Uh, so, like I said, uh, I'm going to miss this Friday or this Saturday. Uh, WDWA, uh, I got to do some traveling and stuff like that. Uh, so two weeks from now, man, two two weeks from now, uh, I'll be back at WDWA and we'll be you know kicking ass like we always do. Killing the game. And, hey, October 9th. Ricky Rays. Ricky Rays, yeah. All right, Gavin, man. Much love and respect, man. Blessings to you and your family. You're always welcome here on the Wrestle Talk podcast because you are officially now the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family. Welcome. Welcome, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Proud to be here. Thank you guys so much. All right, my friend. Have a good night. Guys, we're going on a quick break. Thank you, Gavin Jackson, once again for joining us. We're going on a quick break, courtesy of my man, Vince Sanity. That's V-I-N, the number five, A-N-I-T-Y, with one of his smash hits off of his latest album, The Hottest in Time and Space. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Guts by the one and only Vin Sanity. So I'm precise. You help me find my way about a maze. You be shining like the moon in sun rays. You make me wanna pray in church on Sundays. We count this money up and call it for a play. We gon' take the world and make it spin. Every day we fall in love again. I could be Clyde, you could be Bonnie. You got that bomb, girl, you can bomb me. You drive me crazy, keep it cruising. When I hear your voice, it's like music. If I play games with you, I lose it. If I like you, I'd be stupid. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. 
Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, you the type I like. Type I like. Come here, let me say goodbye. Take a bite. I got you turning overnight. It's hard to trust because my shoulders high. I saw the future, you was in my side. I'm a, I'm a monster, girl, you brought me to life. Sugar, sugar, how'd you get so fly? All these other chicks, they give me no high. I used to be a dog, now you got me on a chain. I would run away, but that pussy got me stained. I used to have some flaws, but now I'm off the chain. I feel like something's wrong, I can't get you up out my brain. Oh, man. Shawty, shawty on the wall, shawty awful tall. A psychic told me about you looking in her crystal ball. Really? Baby, you can live your life. Baby, you can live your life. I just wanna be your somehow. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for episode 363 of the Wrestle Talk podcast this week, featuring the Night Owl and the one and only Hardcore Hoss. Next week, it could be the Maestro. It could be Dick Douglas. It could be Nightmare Jones. You'll have to tune in to find out. But we promise you one thing. We're going to have some killer guests. Hoss, Gavin freaking Jackson, bro. What an absolute stand-up class guy who has a passion for this sport like very few we've ever had on. And we've had the who's who of professional wrestling on this podcast, bro. But Gavin just seems to me like a guy that puts everything into the sport and has since he entered it, bro. Thank you so much for booking such a great interview. Oh, you know, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I'm glad that, you know, he was able to come on. And uh, it was just a great interview. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this next one as well. Indeed. Well, with that said, this man has been waiting very patiently. And it's not often that it's wise to make a man of his pedigree and size wait for long. So why don't you go ahead and get right into the interview before we get our freaking head smashed in, Hoss? How about that? (laughs) Sounds like a plan. All right, everybody. At this time, let's go on out to the country and see the man hailing from Delaware. This man can be seen in many different places, and he's held many different titles. He is the one big country... Like the way that sounds. Little Jimmy Jackson stacking up his Bronco. All right, how are we doing tonight, Big Country? Wait, 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 wait. Pedigree? I'm just some redneck from the backwoods. What are you talking about, pedigree? Well, listen, brother, with a guy like you, you clearly come from a long line of horses. 
So that had to come from somewhere, unless somebody just sprinkled fairy dust on you and you became a big, badass, ass-kicking giant. Well, technically, I'm the only big, biggest guy in the whole family, and I, I blame it on all the milk I drank. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I was about to say, it got so bright in here, I had to put my shades back on. Big Country, thank you for joining us, man. Really an honor to have you here. Yeah, I haven't been doing much in the last couple of years, and I'm trying to do more. Well, listen, this is a big step in the right direction because there's this little thing called uh, publicity, uh, social media, making public appearances. That's kind of part of being a wrestler. I know some guys haven't realized that yet, but you clearly are a step ahead of the rest. So thank you for being here. Thank you for asking me on, guys. Hey, no, no question. So, John, if it's okay with you, I'm going to kick off with one fast question, then I'll throw it right over there to you. Is that okay? Oh, feel free to kick it off. Go ahead. All right. Awesome. Well, so my first question is this, your roots, your upbringing, we alluded to it just a second ago. Talk to us a little bit about growing up country and how that's different for being a city boy and maybe how that prepared you to compete inside the square circle. Well, I grew up on, well, it used to be 400 acre farm in Delaware, uh, fourth generation, fourth generation farmer, fourth generation operating engineer. Um, I'm a union operator on the side. Amazing. So it just, I, I was cutting corn when I was eight years old. So driving the combines and all the tractors and everything. Yeah. When they let you on the tractor, cause back where I'm from like 12 <laughs> <laughs> and that's a little late in some places from what I hear. Well, I, we had to learn to run the, at least the lawnmower by six years old. <laughs> That's incredible, man. So you think growing up on a farm kind of gave you that blue-collar mentality that is required to be successful in a sport as blue-collar as professional wrestling? Because it doesn't get more blue-collar than that, obviously, until you get into the, the upper echelon of the sport, so to speak. Yeah, uh, it's just I was raised to, to work, and we always watched uh, – I grew up watching, like, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man when I was a little kid. All right. It would come on, uh, I think it was like Saturday nights or something. And I, I remember watching it as a kid and always having it in the back of my head someday, maybe try it. And then I fell backwards into figuring out how to get into this. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, looks, things are coming full circle. We got some people that have some family from Delaware as well. So how about that? Shout out to Sonny Mayo. Oh, he's a brave man admitting that. <laughs> Uh, and knowing Sonny the way I do, he'll appreciate that comment. <laughs> That's incredible, man. All right, so next question. I know I only said one, John. I'm, I got one more. So Go ahead. All right, so here's the other one. So your intro uh, that we played for you is a country song. Do you have a favorite country song? Because even me, that I'm more of a hip-hop guy than a country guy, even I have my favorite country song. What's yours? Ooh. Yeah, I'd be big. I'd be digging back into the '80s for that. There's a couple of old '80s, not early '90s country songs I grew up with. I, I really was always a big fan of George Strait and some of his old stuff. Wow! I never well, really had. I never really had one song. It's pretty much the whole '90s country era that I've just, I just. I I I don't even listen to the radio anymore. I just play that in the truck all day long. <laughs> well i'll tell you what my favorite george ray song is tequila so but yeah. that that goes without saying because i'm mexican by birth so that kind of makes sense doesn't it 
Isn't that what they classify as a stereotype? Yeah, it's all right, but I fit in perfectly. I love tacos too, damn it. And I don't mind cutting my grass every once in a while. You know what I mean? It's okay. <laughs> all right, Hardcore Hoss, jump in here, man. Well, we got one of our uh, viewers here who wants to know how tall you are. I am 6'5" out of my wrestling boots in my wrestling boots i'm close to like six eight maybe wow depending on, depending on how i'm standing that particular day <laughs> are you wearing the herman munster boots i'm wondering like <laughs> no even, even my work boots make me look taller dude that's amazing big boy shout out to aaron wallace for that question and you know um i'm excited to hear you're coming back to wdwa as a matter of fact uh I asked you the other night when you were coming back, told you that we had missed you there. And at that point, I didn't know that you were coming back this weekend. So yep. <laughs> um, so glad to hear that you're coming back. And I hear you're bringing uh, Hobo Harry with you. And I, I've seen the promo where you met Hobo Harry. Yeah, uh, you, as, as you saw, uh, uh, apparently my tag team partner couldn't stand all the drinking and yelling. So. I was forced to go find another partner. And, he just happened, and, and LT, according to LT, he didn't care where he come from or who he was. So, I mean, uh, we'll it out. just bring somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, Warm like, body at the very most. Well, like Gavin said earlier, I think Hobo Harry's probably going to just be able to stand there in the corner and you'll be able to take care of it from there. <laughs> uh, I've, actually, I've actually known him a couple of years now, and he's actually a really good aspiring guy he does some really good matches i worked a triple threat with him in dcw a couple of months back for the heavyweight belt and it was actually a really good match he did a really really good job well i look forward to seeing it yeah um so who were some of your inspirations coming up through the wrestling business oh i was all i'm i, was, I never I, before I got into this, I was only ever just like a TV fan and just watched it from the couch. Watched, um, grew up watching the WWF, uh, duh, uh, ECW, a little WCW here and there. Was always a big fan of Goldberg. Was always just wanted to have his shoulder. I wanted to have his neck, Triple H's abs, and and um, <laughs> The Rock's shoulders. That's what I've always wanted. Throwing a million dollars. That's quite the combination. <laughs> but uh, um, for style and asp and um, inspiration, I always looked at like Andre and Big Show because that was what I was always told to aspire to because I, that, I was apparently always the biggest guy in the companies I've worked at. And when I was originally trained – I was trained to be like everybody else. So it took me a good number of years to figure out how I'm supposed to act in the ring and what makes sense for the matches and what makes sense for the psychology of it all. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I can see some of their style in your wrestling when, when I watch you and yeah, you, <clears throat> excuse me. So why don't you uh, go ahead and, and uh, ask another question there, Night Owl. Uh, you got it, man, and I'm happy to. So I guess the thing that always comes to mind when I see a bigger guy is have you ever felt like pigeonholed or stereotyped throughout your wrestling career? Like they'll see you and they, they automatically want to put you in a 
in this box or want to maybe put you against another big guy when you could very well work against someone small? Have you ever found yourself kind of being put into a box or labeled just because you are a bigger guy? I'm curious. And how have you fought through those things if you have? Well, in my earlier career, in the earlier stages of me being in this, I did a lot. I bumped everywhere. I was I bumped and moved like the little guys. All right. That's what I was trained to do. And then as I got older and moved into a different gimmick, I was taught that I shouldn't be doing all these things, that it should be the, the, the big guy bumping should be built up to at the end of the match. So it was the, the promoter, the booker told me it was, I was getting a push for a title. And he says, if you bump, you're done. As you bump, you're done. Like, okay. So I went an entire almost year with pretty much just standing there and throwing a few shots here and there, a choke slam and not really moving. And it was just like, man, this is kind of boring. And then uh, the next year he comes up to me and says, I got a surprise for you. I'm like, what? He's like, oh, I got another big guy. I'm like, oh, I can actually wrestle again. He's like, yeah. So I like going against guys my size because it makes sense for me to do the things that I was trained to do and that I really, really love to do. When it's the big guy versus little guy, every time I go into those matches, I always I can think of is Big Show versus um, Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. All I can think of is the only match that comes to mind. Okay. He comes, That's a good point. Tonight? I'm like, he comes up to me, what are we going to do tonight? I'm like, I, I don't know, Ray. What are we going to do? Like, My name's Mike. Oh, no, you're Ray. <laughs> Dude. And how do you work around that? Like, do you have guys like when you're when you're putting together your match with guys, you're like, hey man, I'm a little bit more limb, nimble than what I might look, or or have you completely moved away from some of the more like agility based moves? Uh, when it comes to wrestling smaller guys, I've moved away from the agility stuff. Okay. But when it comes to guys my size, like um, Chuck Payne, I love that guy. I love love him. He's just we'd love to have him on. By the way, if you can help us. That'd be great. Uh, he's in Jersey right now, so I'm I'm not too sure. But I, I mean, I haven't seen him in a while. Okay. But I loved working him because it's like, oh, I, I, every time I'd see him, I'd walk up to him and go, "Are you going to be my friend tonight?" He's like, "No, I hope we get this other guy." I'm like, "You just hate me, don't you?" <laughs> well, some people you just develop like a, a rhythm with, and, and you feel like there's there's more to be done there, right? Like, because I I've, I've always heard that you don't ever feel comfortable. And again, I'm not a worker, so I, this is just friends and guys that I've had a chance to to work alongside said man I really started to get comfortable with that guy like on our third match our fourth match our fifth match have you found that to be the case as well yeah one of the uh, guy I I known for years he's not in the he's moved on to WWE but he's like in behind the camera with WWE now but he used to be around in Delaware uh Andrew Steele okay and I I um I know an ace steal. Well, I, I, I trained with him for a good couple of months. And then we started working matches together. And by the fourth match, we were like, well, what are we going to do tonight that we haven't already done? And it was that was an actual ladder match. And we spent pretty much the entire show up until our match, which was main event, figuring out what we're going to do to make this, okay, we're not just going to do the same cookie cutter bullshit we've been doing for the last six months. And it was so just dope. So it was just, we synced right away. He would say something and I would say, and he's like, yeah, that's great. Let's go do that. And then we're going to roll into this. And he's like, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. Then we can just do it. And we can shoot over and do this. And so developing think, that chemistry sounds like it's so important. You know, it's hard to do that. I think in one-off matches, would you agree with that? 
Yes, it's uh, yes for uh, for guys that travel and and cycle around between companies and everything. It does. I feel it like it does get hard to do that, which is probably why. It's it's actually no, that's not the reason why I've been in DCW a lot. It's uh, when I first got in, I was never really taught how to travel, how to get outside bookings, or how to market myself. Only in the last five six years have I figured that out. And here you are on one of the biggest uh, pro wrestling podcasts in the Midwest. So congratulations. Well done. <laughs> that application thing is key. Learning is great, but application is just as important. So before I throw it over to my buddy, Hardcore Hoss, again, I, say, I guess I wanted to ask another question. So you obviously look like you've still got quite a bit of time ahead of you to compete and to be active in the business as an in-ring guy. What are your aspirations? I know you're happy with all the companies you're working with right now. But there's always room to grow, especially in pro wrestling. I've heard it said by guys like Hogan and Austin that you never stop learning. So what are you aiming for, let's say, within the next year or two um, when it comes to your career career trajectory and where you're, I don't know, where, where you would like to take it? Well, that is a great question. And, and there's a lot of guys that I know that are in the same boat as me. I am married, something I thought I was never going to get to do growing up. Oh, yeah. And now I have two kids and it's my wife also does. She's a softball coach. She does travel softball. You guys have a so, sports family. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. They did a big tournament in Virginia beach over the summer. And out of 74 teams, they won the entire tournament. Yeah. Softball is a big deal in Virginia. I'm telling Wait. you right now, because it, it is in our part of the country too. In Missouri, there's softball leagues all actually my buddy, Adam, shout out to talking dynasty. I 70 sports media. My man just signed up for his third softball league. I'm like, dog, don't you have to work? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Must be nice to have money. Indeed. <laughs> well, the, that plays into your question. I'm, I, I'm trying not to let this ruin anything because I've, I've heard all of the, the stories and the, the horror things from about big guys, big name guys in the past who've, been through like three or four marriages and they have a handful of kids that they don't even remember their names. I, I don't want that. I never wanted that. I, like I said, I thought I was never going to be able to get married, let alone find a woman that would tolerate me. You did so, though. Ding, ding, ding. No. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. So I, I, I've made agreements with her over the last handful of years that I wanted to get more bookings after I figured out how to do it. I started, I told her I wanted to get a handful a few more bookings and I'm starting to figure out how you get booked for like dark matches with WWE and how you're supposed to go about all that, the, the cloak and dagger stuff or whatever it is you got to go do and whoever you got to go stroke the right way or whatever it is. So I would love to at least work a dark match and excuse me, at least touch that level. And then I would like to get at least maybe, well, I'm supposed, I think I'm, I think there's a possibility of me getting work in Jersey next summer. So I wouldn't mind getting booked by at least one or two companies over that way. Uh, I've been up in Pennsylvania a little bit. I'd like to go. There's a couple more I know about up there. I'd love My to go. Question, so, and this is, this is very specific, but, have you tried? Have you shot your shot like with MCW, or is that kind of the natural progression? Because I mean, that's a biggie, regional. Yeah. 
but that I, that's a biggie. Yeah, I I well, I've heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've I've heard that they were like they're really really strict about who they book and and the whole like like Gavin was saying the whole family of the locker room kind of thing. I guess it is. Okay, so gotcha. I, I'm I'm I'm. But that, but I, I guess what I'm saying, generally speaking, like like that, something like that would be the next natural progression for a guy like you, right? Like maybe not necessarily them, but a company, you know, like like where they yeah. are, so to speak. Yeah, something that would keep me a little closer to to my wife and kids would be nice. But like, oh yeah, like you said, I'd like to at least step up a little higher before I have to end up hanging it up because of family and age because I'm, I'm 38 now. So, so I don't think I only got a little bit left before I'm because, and I've, <laughs> this is after a lifetime of treating my body like an amusement park. <laughs> there, there's days I wake up going, Oh, how can I still move? <laughs> Everything's crackling. Sounds like a bag of popcorn when you get out of bed, like, clunk, clunk, pap, pap, pap. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bad shoulders, back back surgery, two bad knees, repaired ankle. Yeah, but yeah. you're big. That makes <laughs> up for so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was a hell of a basketball player until I started to look like a basketball and didn't go past 6-1, and that was the end of that. <laughs> All right, John, I'm going to have you unmute, bro. Uh, jump back in here. I, I know you threw it to me. You were dealing with some messages and some technical stuff, but, man, uh, jump back in here, bro, because we're having a lot of fun here with uh, Big Country. I hope I answered your question properly. I know I battled. No, you did, bro. That was, I, I was just wondering if you still had that ambition oh, I do. to like, continue to move up. I would imagine so. Oh, yeah. My inner 13-year-old would love to at least make it to WWE, at, even if a dark match. Just something. Because it's the same way. I would, I, would, I would treat it the same way I did pro football. I at least touched the arena leagues, and that at the point was good enough for me. And then yeah, because like only – one percent of any football player ever makes it to that level so yeah yeah that's that's so, huge and that's how i see life i don't see the mountain i see the mountain range so once i hit the one mountain peak i look for the next three to try to go for hell yeah hoss what do you got for us daddy so i know you've wrestled with a lot of different companies and everything um what is your most memorable match could you tell us a little bit about it Ooh, uh, that's a toughie. That is a tough one. There's this the ladder match I talked about with Steel. That one was one of my favorites. Um, I know where you could start to help you get there. Have you worked with any names, and what was that like? I actually have. I've been in the ring with a couple of guys. I was able to do a couple of spots with Jim Neidhart. I did a spot. Rest in peace. Luke. Yes, yes. Rest in peace. I did a spot with Luke Gallows, where I thought I stiffed him, and as soon as I, as soon as the the shot made contact, the back of my brain was like, "Oh God!" Oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're back. a big guy. He's a bigger guy. That dude yeah. is freaking oh, yeah. massive. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we get back well, after the spot. We get back to the back. I'm like, I'm so sorry. He's like, for what? I said, I stiffed you. He's like, no, you didn't. That was great. I'm like, oh. Oh, thank God. I'm sure he was looking like, kid, you know I worked Japan for six years, right? Like, <laughs> stiff. <laughs> Everything's stiff. Yeah, that part, that right there is one of the primary reasons why I'll probably never go to Japan. Because if I want to get beat up like that, I'll go join the UFC. 
<laughs> and make a ton of bread doing it. Yeah. For sure. You don't have well, the young boy there. But uh, uh um, I did a... I did a triple threat match with Christian York and Corey Castle. That was a fun match. That one I did uh, a spot where they were trying to suplex me, and I reversed it and did a double suplex on them. Oh, why do I know that name, Christian York? I've heard that name before. He was in Ring of Honor, and then he got WWE a little bit there for a little bit, and then he just faded away. He had, like, the bleached dreads, Yeah, the the bleached dreadlocks. That particular match, I was supposed to – we were supposed to lose to Corey Castle, and then York was going to pick a fight with me, and I was going to chokeslam him once, and he was at his his discretion to call for more – and I figured, okay, he's going to want to take one and call it a night. Well, I hop out the ring. He picks up the mic and starts begging me to come, pretty much taunting me to come back in the ring. And that went on for about five, six minutes and about 20 choke slams. Oh, shit. We just kept asking for him. And I'm like, okay. Give it to me. <laughs> it's your spine, but okay. Yeah, just like me at the drive thru I'm like, yeah, yeah, just all of it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then then I did a fun I did a uh I've actually done two different tag team matches against guys that were were known. One was against Axel Rotten. I was Wow, uh, talk about hardcore legend baby. Oh, yeah. We were what setting up we the, the four of us were in the back setting up the match and the three of us turned to Axel and we're like, "Can we not have any chair shots tonight, please?" And he said, sure, guys, no problem. Yeah, no, no, no. We're gonna there's gonna be no chair shots tonight. It's no problem at all. Well, we're in the go home spot, and I'm outside the ring with one of the guys, and my partner's in there about ready to get pinned. And I hear behind me, I hear Axel growl, tighten up, and I'm like, what? Bang! Across the back. I'm like, and of course, because you're so much bigger than most guys, they assume you're like impervious to pain. Well, this big MF or can't possibly feel the steel tip of that chair hitting him in the back, right? Because, yeah, no. yeah, big guys don't feel pain, I guess, is what the common consensus yeah, is. Yeah, no, kin- kendo sticks hurt like a mother. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you, bro. I'll take your word for it, though. Yeah, no, I told that one fella that I, I worked in, I told him, I said, look, hit me in my stomach. It's fat right now, and you're not going to really hurt it. No, what's he do? He goes for my, for my, uh, um, my legs and my... Oh, not a lot of cushion there. We get back to the back. I'm like, dude. (laughs) But the other tag team match I worked, I was tagging against, uh, I want to say Andrew Anderson and Tito Sanchez, I think. It's been so long. But that one was, that one was an actually not, uh, not bad, not bad one. But the, uh, I think, man, it's so hard to pick a favorite. Yeah, and I see you still trying to circle back to the question. John, I got to say, bro, that's a fantastic question. I know know it's a little generic, but when you get a guy thinking, like, how many matches do you have under your belt, Big Country? Just curious. Oh, hell, I've been in this since 07, so I've I've lost count. (laughs) (laughs) So that makes it harder, right? Yeah, but I do know the bump card does exist. Oh, it's a real thing? <laughs> it is a real thing. And my bump card, yeah, no, I throw it out on the table all the time. So are you going to do this tonight? Nope. You know, you're bumping tonight, my Pull friend. It it's cool because I can also attest 
to green cards being real. So that's <laughs> <laughs> are they really green? I mean, come on now. If, if they're not green, it's more like green. a like a light brown, really. Oh, come on. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not even green. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> uh, that's like that's like not walking up to the terminal and going multi pass. <laughs> Oh my gosh! What else you got for us, hardcore? Well, you know, re real quick, uh, kind of a funny story. Uh, you mentioned drive-throughs. The first time I saw big, I country, can say something, but I'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, first time I saw big country, me and sis had gone to a WDWA show, and right next, right, kind of in front of the venue was a fast food restaurant that uh, we went to before the show. And we're going through the drive-thru, and we see this truck in front of us, and it's got this sticker across the back that says Big Country. <laughs> and at that point, we had never seen Big Country perform before. So we go to the matches, and we find out there's this guy named Big Country that's going to be there. And we're like, what are the odds that that was him in front of us? So after That's the so show, <laughs> after the show, we actually asked him, "Hey, we saw this guy in the drive-through with Big Country across the back of his truck." And he says, "Yep, that's me. That's right." <laughs> well, the, the the way to explain that is Rednecks used to have belt buckles with our names on it, and that was because when we were drunk, we could look down and, and remember our name when the cop pulled us. <laughs> <laughs> they caught on to that so now we put it in the back window so we're like uh, it's big country sir <laughs> that sounds very accurate <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean well when you don't cut the moonshine right I mean it, you, you kind of end up in them situations you guys are from the mountains that mountaineer country over there well, hold, man. On now, hold on now Delaware we got to dig a dirt we got to bring in dirt to dig a hole to make a hill that's how low we are Oh, <laughs> that's awesome, man! Right. Well, let, let me ask. You. Go, go ahead, country. Oh, I was gonna say I could stand on the beach and fling a rocket, hit a guy in Maryland. <laughs> that, that's a no. Let me ask you a question. So, uh, going back to stigmas and stereotypes, do you find that, or do you feel comfortable with the amount of mic time that you get, bro? Because if you're cutting them up like this. People are gonna love you, bro. I just, I just wonder, and and I always ask myself. And um, I think I was watching, it was the the Randy Orton Stone Cold deal, the Broken Skull Sessions, and they were talking about like uh, Randy was talking about like, dude, the camera time, the mic time is everything. Do you feel like you're given enough time? And you don't have to name any names or any promotions or anything. You've been around for a long time, but do you feel like you've been given enough mic time, camera time, so to speak? to get yourself over as a character? Because obviously you're over as a wrestler. You're a big motherfucker. You can work in the ring. There's no question about that. But you feel like you've gotten that opportunity to get yourself over. Because that's what creates longevity, right? You can only wrestle for so long. It's your character that really has to get over so you can keep working yeah. into your 60s. Is, is that a fair assessment? That that's there. There's two parts to that question. All right. Um, the first bit is, before wrestling, I was not really talkative. I mean, I, I would talk to people, but I wasn't like this. I was more of the, you you say more than five words to me that I don't like, and I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> and then I got into this, and I realized, and then I learned that, 
oh, I have to talk to these people? I don't like people. Why do I have to talk to them? <laughs> they have money. Okay, I'll learn how to Ah, talk to there's them. that. <laughs> well, because my wife it, it constantly looks at me and goes, you are a contradiction. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you say you hate people, but you talk to, but you talk at the wrestling shows. I'm like, well, there's a big difference there. I'll talk to fans because fans give me money. People are just assholes. <laughs> a lot of truth to that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, Mike time is actually one of my weak points. And that was highlighted brought in the great highlight when I did the outbreak uh, summer camp back in, I guess it was 2019. Because they had us break up into two different two different groups. One was in-ring uh, work, and then the rest of it was Mike and Gimmick. And that was one of the things they they critiqued me on the hardest was mic time. And I'm, I, I, don't, I wasn't really given much. And usually when I do mic, it's a spur of the moment and I'm in, I'm in gimmick and my brain is like, we're here and this is what we're following right now. And that's pretty much been the best uh, in-ring promos that I've ever done, which is like, Oh, I just I uh, I when I beat Gray Wolf for the No Limits title, I cut a promo after the match, and it was like flawless. I get back to the back, and the Booker's like, "Where the did that? Where the hell was?" <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's like, "You didn't even stutter. I didn't even hear the redneck in you. What the hell was that?" I'm like, "Oh well, I was I was in my Robert Henry gimmick." He's like, "Okay," <laughs> but. The the stuff on camera, like the promo I just did for WDWA, that's something that I've been setting up in my head because I'm also, I don't just, just do this in farm work, but I'm also a writer. I'm trying to be a writer for young adults. I'm also, uh, I illustrate my own comic strips. So, and I also do blacksmithing. And those things you have to think 20 steps ahead of yourself before you even take the first step. So when it comes to video promos, I'll, I'll work on those in my head for like three or four weeks before I even pick up a camera or a pen to write it down. So, but yes, you're right. It does take gimmick. Uh, the gimmick part does, it has to get over. And that actually. That's what gives you longevity. Oh, yeah. And that actually, uh, um, back during the beginning of COVID, when the, uh, they first started letting us wrestle again, and we had to wear masks in the ring. Oh, that's tough. Well, one of the guys in the back highlighted that, okay, you can't do the whole your whole face gimmick things. So to express stuff, you have to go from here up. So you have to get across to the crowd through your eyes, what you're feeling with your thing, pain, anger, happiness, joy, sadness, all that stuff. And that really does play into getting over his gimmick. Because if you can't get that across to the crowd that, oh, my arm's being wrong and it hurts. Yeah, that, that doesn't work. So you have to match. You have to you have to get the gimmick over however you can. And a lot of times it's usually nonverbal. A lot of a lot of gimmick can be nonverbal. You know, they say 60% of communication in is nonverbal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's huge, and, and I think anybody, because we do have a lot of young talent that watches this show, and so those are savvy words from a veteran who, who's got the body part figured out, but even you're admitting, hey, yeah, the character thing has been a progression thing for me 
with from the mic work and all that. And, and there's still room to grow, right? Even after being in the business, you know, 10 oh, plus yeah. years. Oh yeah. Like, like um, if we're going to talk about gimmick, the big country gimmick is pretty much just me. It's me dialed up to a hundred, but there's another gimmick I work right now called Omega Phoenix. And that one's based off of a character. Now this is going to sound very cringy geeky ish, but uh, well, I you got a couple of nerds in front of you, so don't worry about that. I am a huge Dragon Ball Z whore. Oh, <laughs> I'm, an, hey, I'm even worse. I'm a Naruto guy. So I'm even worse <laughs> than you are. <laughs> well, well, hold on now. Hold on now. Did you create a character for yourself to play in that universe? Uh, no, because the na- the game wouldn't let me do that. But I would if I could. <laughs> I would. <laughs> well, this goes back to the, the 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 idea of this character goes all the way back to when I first discovered Dragon Ball Z when I was in college, and. That's the character I play in ECW right now, the gimmick. And it's completely 180 from country. So it's, and I've been doing that for about six years or so. And I still have a hard time slipping into that gimmick. It just, it's, it's, it's actually a big process for me before my match to get my head into that gimmick. Because it's just a a complex character to play, while country is just okay. I'm going to go out and go do what I usually do when I'm hanging out with my buddies, except I'm going to just have no barriers at all. So that that comes to a lot of young guys coming in. Some of them are handed gimmicks, and they never really work because it's not it's not personalized really for them. Yeah. And then there's like I was lucky enough to be okay. Go and create a gimmick, and then come back, and we'll see if this is if that if if we approve that or not. And thankfully, I came up with the whole idea, and it at the time it fit in with what they were going for, and they let me do it. So I was able to let country roll for the first half of my career, which was almost. And shout months. out to the bookers and the owners that let you have that freedom to yes to figure it out. You know what I mean? Because I don't think anybody shows up to this business like a like a completely finished product. It's it's definitely – I heard somebody earlier, we were talking about Braun Breaker, uh, Scott Steiner's son who debuted on NXT 2.0 last week. On the, uh, somebody said, oh, he I, – I, I, Right now I'm working away from home, so I don't have TV. So I, No, 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 it's all, it's all good, but I think you'll understand the example. So it was Braun Breaker, <laughs> Scott Steiner's son, debuts on NXT 2.0, and I think it was our buddy, uh, buddy Rick Ruby, who um, – who was saying uh, that he kind of looks stale, and I agree. But at the same time, it's literally the dude's first appearance. So you kind of want to go along for the ride of the progression. So why did we love like uh, Stone Cold so much? Because we got to see him as the ringmaster, and then he moved on from that, and it's like when he first adopted the Stone Cold thing, and then you got to see that progression, and that's what made you buy in because you're like, this guy's this now, or was that, and now he's moved on and become something much, much greater than we ever imagined. And I think about guys like like Randy Orton, who you thought he peaked early, right, because he was with Evolution. Like, how could he get yeah. any better? And somehow he's found a way to get better. Like, it's it's incredible to me. And, and I'm using a lot of WWE examples because of the listeners and all that. But yeah. I'm sure you can think of examples of guys that you've worked with in your territory that you could be like, yeah, I remember him five years ago. He would look great, but now he sounds great and looks great. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's about there, putting it all together, I think. There's a, a it's a small number of guys that, that fit that, that I've, I've known over the years that have actually gotten better since I've known them. But I, 
like I said, bef- like back in, back before, I, I've been my my time in the business has been very narrow, and I feel like it was partly because I didn't know. I didn't know I could just roll up with a buddy and go that was booked for a company and go hang out or that I could just be involved with other companies, whether it be just helping out with this, the, the ring crew or whatever. And I only picked that up a couple of years ago. So those, those kind of like uh, learning details about guys that are in the area, I've only recently been doing that. So I feel like well, I you're smart that. to do that. You got a lot of talented guys over there, man. Triple yeah. Fears is a, is a super talented guy, and oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, we, and we can go down the list. You know, Alex is booking some, uh, or Andres is booking some pretty amazing guys, and that's just WDWA. I mean, there's you know, there's, you guys are fortunate. If if, if 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 I could get the 2020 fat back under control, I would love to go work a match against uh, Mears. Would love Dude, to yeah, work that guy he's on that. fire, oh, and, yeah. and he's a great interview too from a podcast perspective. But <laughs> anyway, so so here's what I want to do: I want to hit um, a couple rapid fire questions just so we get to know you a little bit better, and then after that, we're gonna have a hoss face off. And and here's what I mean by oh, that: God. every single show we do what we call the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, Big Country, and it's our guests versus one of the hosts in a trivia challenge. Oh, God. Um, usually the topic favors the guest, okay. okay? So, like, if you're from Delaware, maybe the questions will be related to wrestlers from Delaware. If it's like me, it'll probably be about tacos and Coronas. Like, that's what I'm an expert <laughs> in, right? <laughs> so, we're going to get into that, but let's get into the, the, the speed round here uh, with a couple of questions. So, uh, number one, outside of professional wrestling, on a Saturday when you've got nothing else to do, what does Big Country enjoy doing? Oh, I'm on the farm hanging out with my kids and working in my blacksmith shop. Oh, so. would you ever go on one of those shows like, you know, like where they have to create like the best possible knife? I know you know what show I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. One day, maybe, but for right now, this is the best I can do. This oh, is what shit. I'm working on right See, now. See, I knew, I knew when you said blacksmithing, I was pretty sure you weren't doing horseshoes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but we do own horses. We do, we do have horses. You're a lucky duck. Me and my wife are trying to move out of out of the city, out to the country, so that we can own horses. That's that's a shoot. Let me give you a piece of advice. If a, a country fella comes up and offers you advice, listen. Yes, sir. And that's my <laughs> well, answer. You don't, you don't got to. You don't got to serve me. I work for a living. All right, gotcha. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to tell me avoid floodplains. Right, that, that's what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's just a given. Okay, gotcha. All right. All right. Question. Unless, no- unless your whole house is made out of styrofoam, then then by all means go for it. Okay, gotcha. Uh, question number two. Uh, tell us about something that you like that people would not expect a six foot five four, six, whatever it is that you are, depending on the day and what boots you're wearing. What's one thing that you like? A guilty pleasure of big country. See, Hardcore Hoss, he loves Taylor Swift. He wouldn't tell you that, but if you know him, you know that he's all about the cardigans and songs about breakups. What's yours? I I actually enjoy painting. I've I've gotten into... I've... I taught myself how to draw when I was a kid. I've gotten a pretty much half self-taught in being a, an actual like novelist, author. But when it comes to painting, I've been learning that slowly over the years. And I re- I've gotten okay at it. 
My mom likes my stuff, but that's my mom. <laughs> She's a little biased. Yeah. All right, well, get, keep getting your Bob Ross on. That That's okay <laughs> with me. I'm good with it, my guy. And, yeah. and the last thing I want to ask you, and I don't want you to take offense to this, but I think you're a selfish guy. So you're an author, okay? Yeah. You're a wrestler, okay? Yeah. And you're a blacksmith. Can you leave some chicks for us, bro? Please. Well, I told you I'm married, so I'm off the list. So. Okay, well, me too. So, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Those are three killer jobs. Like, you walk in, what do you do for a living? I'm a blacksmith. Like, well, done you deal. Forgot, you forgot operator. I get to play with the big Tonka toys. Oh, I like the big Tonka toys, especially the the double D kind. Those are my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> right, right now, I've been on a uh, on a D six dozer for the last six months. So, yo, and I just got on an aerial lift and went sixty feet high for my job. So, I'm feeling kind of <laughs> I'm feeling kind of gangster right now. <laughs> are, you an, are you an insulator or an electrician? Uh, neither. I'm a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> That's so also a shoot. That's so also a shoot. So the windows. Like, Ow. So the boss is like, Al, I've been telling you to get them cobwebs up there for six months. Go get them. That's it, boy. And here I go. <laughs> up the wall. <laughs> That's not the first wall I climbed, damn it. <laughs> All right. All right. So that was, that was, that was a couple uh, of quick questions. I just want to get you laughing, man. Because I know yeah. when you're out there in the ring, you're, you're serious, you're intimidating. And I was like, yo, this guy's got a hell of a personality. I know oh, it. my God. The fun, the the funniest things is getting somebody to break get, is to break break face. <laughs> he got a, pop the voice. There was there was a story I was told by my trainer who worked a guy. I want to say it was Jeff Rocker, and he threw him up into the corner, was beating him in the corner, and he looks him in. The, he looks the the dude in the eye, and he says, "Man, you should see the girl in the front row with the pink panties," and then walked away. So here's this guy sitting there like. God, I gotta look, but I can't look. <laughs> uh, talk about breaking someone's concentration. <laughs> oh That's my god. Do, doing, well, that, doing that, doing that to young guys is a lot of fun. Yeah, and the booker's like it's like Booker the Booker when he, you get back, she's like, bro, why were you selling to that side of the ring the whole show? You kept selling to that side. Like, uh, no reason, no reason. Just feel comfortable over there. Like, yeah, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> That's, that's, that's probably when I walk up behind him and go, don't lie, because it's, it's because she had the Hello Kitties on the night. <laughs> We're all going to be in trouble after this. <laughs> all jokes, guys. Oh, for entertainment. Going to hell? All right, yeah, indeed. Well, hey, this is for entertainment purposes only, for yeah. the record. All right, so all that said, guess what? As fun as it's been, it's about to get competitive in here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I want to go ahead and get this music queued up. Because it's a tradition here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, episode 363 would have never happened without our boy Rick Rose. God rest your soul. Uh, we love you, bro. We miss you. Thank you for your service. And uh, we'll see you one day up in the big old podcast in the sky. But that said, Hoss, Big Country, are you guys ready for tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast? Game show challenge. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's past my bedtime. So no, no. Oh, come on now. <laughs> you don't look like the kind of guy that runs from a fight. What about you, Hoss? If it makes you feel any better, I have never won this. So <laughs> you have never won a wrestle. Just to warn you now, I am a plethora of useless information. Cool. All right. Well, uh, uh, hopefully, like Lamar Jackson, you're actually able to get a big win over somebody that is like super legendary, 
like our boy Big Country. So, uh, Hoss, no pressure, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. In tonight's installment of the World Famous, we will have both of these competitors, Big Hoss and Big Country, going against each other in a bit of a trivia challenge. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you guys three questions about a professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout it out. You don't have to wait for me to finish. You don't have to wait your turn. If you hear the clue and you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. Do you gentlemen understand? Yep. All right. Tonight's Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is Name the Country. I will give you guys information about professional wrestlers from a particular country. Oh, see this? <laughs> uh, you why, guys, why, why, why can't we just identify barbecue sauces? <laughs> I think Hoss would give you a run for your money in that department. <laughs> All right, here we go. You have to tell me what country they are, they are, or were from. For example, if I said Seamus, you would say uh, Ireland. Correct. That is just. For example, (laughs) for the record, (laughs) uh, when you think you know who I'm talking about, again, just shout out your answer. The first person to score two out of three falls wins tonight's contest. You gentlemen understand? Yeah. All right, here we go. Let me me set up the screen properly so that we can do this thing at 100%. All right, there we go. Go back to my notes here. By the way, big shout out to our... uh, our program director, Luke Skywalker-Roberts, for putting together tonight's game show challenge. We always appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, question number one. I'm going to name you guys six professional wrestlers. When you think you know what country they all hail from, simply shout out the name of the country. Are you gentlemen ready? Uh, yeah, go for it. Question number one. Gene Kaninsky. Scott Demore, Sean Spears, Don Callis, Edge, and Bret Hart. Oh, Canada. Canada's correct. Way to go, my friend. You are officially on the board. Now, Yay. don't get too excited, but when you win, we actually play you a victory song. So just. Don't jump the gun, but just be prepared because this song is is lit. Okay? okay. <laughs> that, one, that one was right on the tip of my tongue. When you said Kaninsky, I was thinking sounds like a hockey player. So, oh. you know. <laughs> I was just surprised that you guys didn't hear uh, Don Callis in immediately. But anyway, maybe not everybody watched TNA back in the day. Okay, question number two. <laughs> I might have been the only one. Who knows? Uh, question number two. Captain, again, I'm going to name the names. You tell me what country. Captain Lou Albano, Dominic Danucci, Antonio Rocco, Santino Marella, and Bruno San Martino. Mexico? That is incorrect. Okay. Samoan? Samoan is it? Guys. San Martino, Danucci. In Spain, then. No. Close. 
they make pizza. Oh, Italy? Yes, that's oh, oh, Santino. Okay. I had to go. You know how long take... it's been since I've watched Santino that I yeah. forgot that he comes up with that Italian flag on his Oh, my shirt. gosh. Guys, Bruno San Martino? Are you serious? <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't watch The Godfather, so oh, all my those gosh, games went over my head. Well, Gavin Jackson is going to be very disappointed in you because he is a big Godfather fan. So I'm going to have him, re- you know, he's going to probably have to let you borrow the DVDs or something. Um, <laughs> DVDs. Wow, that sounds old school. Uh, okay. Um, so here's what you guys are going to love. And I'm going to interrupt the game show challenge. You've pretty much officially won. But funny story about a legendary guy. So everybody here knows who Tracy Smother is, right? You guys know Tracy Smothers? I've heard of Tracy Smothers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I have. Of course, of course. So he recently passed away. He's the only guy that I think could have ever pulled this off. So he's originally from the South. He's the wild out country boy. Um, I believe it's like Tennessee or a very, very Southern country state. At one point during his WWE run, he was a part of a faction called the FBI. And do you guys know yes, what this country boy? I remember boy, the FBI. I remember I, the FBI. That was some of the funniest shit. I, some I, of the best <laughs> shit ever. Oh my so, god. Okay, but here's the crazy thing. So he's the wild out country. The wild he was country from boy. The, the South. He was so yes. Tracy Smothers of the full blooded Italians was actually from like he was like from Tennessee. No, or, no, yes. you're lying. You're that lying. Is a true story. No, we you're talked lying. to him. No, there's we no way. There's no way some Alabama backwoods boy is going to pull. He off was bro. Italian, New York Italian accent. It, no dude, way. it worked. It worked. And it worked. <laughs> it worked My on the God. highest level. And Tracy Smothers is the same guy who was in the hospital in the emergency room, and he refused to cancel his in- interview with us. And he did the interview literally with the IV in his arm, um, the respirator in his nose. And he's, and we were 40 minutes in, and he was like, let's keep going. We're like, no, 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 literally, the show's over, bro. Like, thank you, but we got to go. <laughs> but that's the kind of guy Tracy Smothers was. And and I thought it was funny because you guys are some, some country boys, and then we just talked about Italy. And I was like, wow, who brought those things Damn. together better than Tracy Smothers? Nobody. By the way, I believe my man John Cosper – uh, wrote a book or is writing a book or going to be releasing a book about the life of Tracy Smothers as he's done with uh, St. Louis Greatest Show, the Bluegrass Brawlers. You want to talk about pro wrestling author, big country, please look up and friend and befriend our guy John Cosper. If you've ever looked for inspiration in writing, especially about professional wrestling, John Cosper's your guy. Like I'm, I'm dead serious. I'll probably read it, but mo- most of my stuff I write for young readers, and it ends up being either fantasy fiction or something that's not actually set in reality because reality sucks. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> All right, I, have one of, uh, I have one of Cosper's books right here, the uh, Memoirs of a Madman. Oh, okay. that, that's the Madman Pondo uh, uh, autobiography, isn't it? Yes. Yes. You'll have, you'll, have, uh, you'll have to shoot me the author's name because I'm I'm half asleep and and I don't have any of my uh, my pencils with me right now. Oh, bro, we're going to take care of you. Okay. Absolutely, always. You already know. All right, cool. All right, so final question. Are you gentlemen ready? This is for John to say face only. That's basically the only purpose of this. <laughs> we're going to no go to Dairy Queen. All right, here we go, guys. <laughs> question number three. 
I'm going to name the names. You give me the country. Here we go. Robbie Brookside. Danny Birch. Chris Adams. Will Ospreay. Drake Maverick. And Nigel McGuinness. Where are they all from? Will Ospreay. Isn't he that young guy that does all the flippy, flippy shit? Uh, he used to, okay, just as a fan of uh, a New Japan, I will say, yes, he still does that, but he's really evolved that into a legitimate working style. Just from a fan's perspective, I'm, I've become a big fan of his since he's transitioned away from just doing super kicks and bat flips. Will Ospreay. Shit. I'm going to give you guys one more. How about it? I'm going to make it super easy. All right. William Regal. Oh, England. Ding, 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 ding. Congratulations, sir! I wanted to say England. I was trying. No, I was. I was like, I'm like, well, well Osprey. You could have sworn I heard he was from Britain. I've heard that name like, before. I, I want to say England, but I don't. Want... England or Australia? I would have been stuck between those two. Yeah. That's where I would have been on that one. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know how we do. Congratulations to our first time visitor for winning his first ever Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge. Let's go ahead and cue up the music for the one, the only. Big country! Hit the music! All I do is win, 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 no matter what. money on my Wow, what an incredible time. I'm glad Bro, you know, killed I'm, it. I'm glad to know I'm surrounded by other 13-year-olds. That makes yeah! me feel great. <laughs> Bro, incredible. I had people guessing Samoa. Somebody guessed Kenya on the uh <laughs> on the way to go, rough cut Rick Ruby. The Hall of Famer rough cut Rick Ruby. Well, big country, before you go, man, two last bit, actually three last bits of business. Okay. Number one, welcome and thank you for being the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family, bro. We really appreciate it. Thank Seriously. you guys for inviting me on. It's been fun. All right. Number two, um, where are you going to be in action next? Give us a, a, a date and a promotion, and uh, we'll take care of the rest, make sure people have the address and ticket links and all that. But yeah, where are you working next, my guy? Uh, the rest of September, uh, this coming weekend, I'm going to be at WDWA over in, I think it's Martinsburg, right? Yes. Okay. And then I'm out there again in uh, October. Uh, I don't have my phone in front of me, but I'm, I'm out there in October, I think twice. And then I'm at DCW on October the 30th in Marydell Fire Hall. And then in November, I think I have just WDWA. And then in December, I just have DCW. You're a busy guy. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to be. I'm, I'm like it's it's hard to balance this with with a wife that does travel softball, where every other weekend they have a massive tournament. And now my son is just old enough to go to preschool, and I I don't know what he's going to want to get into when he gets older. So. And you got to support him yep. the way your family has supported you and so on. And then we pass on the baton. That's that's what good dads do. That's It's yeah. incredible, man. The, the worst one's going to be my daughter. She's two and wears six-year-old's clothing. I shit you not. 
Okay, she can pretty much do whatever she wants. <laughs> she runs the house. She does run the house, but uh, it's just it, she's two and almost three foot five. It's it's insane. People are like, "Oh well, when when are you starting school, little girl?" And then she just looks at him. We're like, "She's two. And then they just look at me like I got three heads. There's no way she's two. Yeah, like you wake up in the morning, she's like doing your taxes and. <laughs> Honey, <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Last she's, she's she's gonna be the one chasing the cows around because she's hungry. Oh <laughs> hell yeah, bro. Because we didn't feed her. If we didn't if we don't if we don't get up early enough in the morning to feed her, she's gonna be the one chasing the cats and the and the cows around wanting to go get some meat. And then you're gonna be there cheering cheering for like Peyton Manning in that one commercial that cut that meat, cut that meat. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna oh I'm gonna film it so that way I've got it for college uh, scouts when she gets older. No doubt. Yeah, do it, baby. Intimidation is key. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Well, one last thing I want to do, and I was going to ask you, but I'm actually going to share it. Uh, your social media, um, that's a big part of what we do in this business anymore. So here is your uh, page that I want to make sure everybody gets a chance to look at. Uh, it's For us, it really comes down to making sure that we get people in front of new talent. And so for myself, for John and all the other rest of the hosts of the uh, of the Wrestle Talk podcast, if you leave here and you gain one fan, we did our job. I can tell you already, you've gained two at least, um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, because myself and my son are fans of professional wrestling like you wouldn't believe. So we're going to go back, watch your matches on YouTube and all that. And anything you got coming up, we're going to follow it. So, bro, thank yeah. you. Can, can you tell us, just in case anybody missed it, where they can find you on social as well? Uh, it's just Facebook right now. I, I'm not really the I, I'm, I'm not really the the whole social networking kind of guy. I'm more of like I, I I I find something on Facebook Marketplace and I go to their house to go negotiate to to, to buy the thing from over rather over a handshake rather than over the phone. So, but it's right now all it is is just Facebook for right now. I okay. run. I run the Omega Phoenix gimmick there. I run Big Country there. I do my uh, my comic strip. It's hopefully going to be there when I can finally figure out the copyright stuff. <laughs> and, and you'll never know how we got to play T-Pain and still don't get copyrighted every week. It's, <laughs> it's a brown guy thing. You guys wouldn't understand. <laughs> well, listen, Big Country, man, it's all love and respect from our side. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself. If you can help us bring some of your boys on, man, that have that same flair, that same personality, we'd love uh, oh, to yeah. back with you offline and see who you think would be a good fit for the show. But all I know is I'm looking forward to the next time you come on because, John, you're going to have to redeem yourself. Bro. You <laughs> literally got swept. It was bad. And there's a reason you don't win is because you, you hit the mute button on yourself during the challenges, man. What the hell happened? <laughs> It's something, I tell you. I I said Dairy Queen, and it got in his head. Ah, yeah, that's that's what it was. Back to yeah. the food thing. <laughs> he's oh. like, he's like, he's like Dairy Queen. Oh, cheese curds, <gasps> blizzards, <laughs> and smoothies. It, yeah, and as soon as you distracted him, I know exactly what you were thinking, Big Country. <laughs> <laughs> got him! <he>. Got him! <he. laughs> Yeah, and I know what John was thinking. Here it goes. Fucking bullshit! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the conclusion of episode 363 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. 
Big Country, blessings to you, brother. Thank you for being here. Don't be a stranger. Remember, you're officially part of the WrestleTalk family, so you're welcome back anytime. Yep. Thank you guys for having me on. Whenever you guys want to just have me come on and just ramble and talk about the good old days in the backwoods, just just give me a holler. Yeah, just bring some of that shine next time, okay? Well, technically, all I got to do is make a phone call and a fellow will run me off a batch, so... Yes, let's do it. Take it easy, brother. Good night. You too, guys. Good night. Thank you guys for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Adios. See you Saturday, brother. Good night. Wow, wow, wow. Hardcore Hoss. I got to admit, yeah, did yourself this week, bro. A couple of outstanding guests. Great content. We've been killing it in high spots, bro. We've been going for about two hours and 20 minutes. And you know what, dude? It's been a freaking blast. I hated that we had to take last week off, but I feel reinvigorated. I feel passionate. I feel excited. And guess what, bro? There's more wrestling to be had. That's why we'll be back next week at the same time, same place for 364. Would you agree? I agree, sir. And, I, you know, I look forward to some of the upcoming shows. I know we've got some good guests booked next week. And uh, I'm working on a couple more guests to book in the next couple of months or so. So uh, well, here's, what I'll share with to it. here's what I'll share with everybody. We officially have press credentials for MLW. So sooner rather than later, your boy and your boys are going to be backstage doing interviews, bringing on some incredible guests. But that's not going to change who we are because we're still going to be bringing on the hip-hop, rocking, killer commissioners like Gav. We're going to be bringing on the country boys with the moonshine and the George Strait. Guarantee we're going to keep bringing on the local boys. We're the Wrestle Talk Podcast, bro. We're not the dudes from Britain, but we do the damn thing. Represent the East Coast, Midwest, uh, the West, the South, the North. We like to re- represent... For the greatest country in the world, damn it. And that's America. <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. We will catch you guys very, very soon for the latest and greatest in the world of professional wrestling right here at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. You guys have a great night. We'll catch you guys next time. Grace and peace to everybody. Adios. Peace. Peace.